Hello, and welcome to episode 158 of the Gaming Fix podcast on February 6th, 2021. I am your host, Andre Cole, aka your partner's favorite pasta variety. Ooh. I am joined today by Allison. Okay, I was like, no, uh, what's a good pasta variety? Um, Farfalli is quite good. You want you want the ones that are like that have a shape so that they can have like the sauce in it. So I like think a like bow tie. like a, yeah, like like farfalli Shelly. or fusilli or yeah. I like a so ro- I like a rotini myself. Yep. Hey, rotini. wait your turn. Look, you were taking a very long time, Patrick. <laughs> well, rotini, that's your answer. Yes, anything but wheels. Wheels are bullshit. That is that's, that that's is fair. a that is a travesty against pasta and it shouldn't no way. Just eat pizza. The reason the people it's like, oh, it's like a little pizza as a pasta. Uh no, it's bad. Martini is my answer. Martini Bam. is good. I'm also here. You didn't pa- what's your pasta? pasta? What's the pasta one? Oh, I said earlier, linguine is the best pasta. It wasn't your turn. It did not count. (laughs) Okay, linguine. And Alex? Well, I would have echoed Pat's sentiments, but I'll go different. I'll say tortellini. Oh, I love a good tortellini. Tortellini's good, too. Actually, tortellini like a filled pasta. Gnocchi is also... Oh, mm. uh, mmm. Potato. Yeah, but it's still pasta. You 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 can have a filling in a gnocchi. Um, gnocchi is delicious I was watching some Netflix show and they had to do leftover stuff and some people made gnocchi with french fries but they didn't turn the french fries into gnocchi they put the french fries in the gnocchi yep I have seen this technique before Uh, okay wait 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 can I change my my answer is like couscous is like technically pasta if you like think about it and I like couscous a lot so couscous is my fave I'm against this. Uh, I, I'm just going to go ahead and say uh, it's the best pasta is the penis pasta that I bought for my friends when I was in <laughs> Italy and out of some kitschy pasta souvenir shop. I hope it's called like Pinicchio or something. No, it was just penis pasta. I'm oh, sure it don, sounds like it was a gag. Deli. Oh, oh, oh I got it for my friends and uh, they had a date night with it. Great. Um... <laughs> I, I have a controversial pasta opinion, which is that ravioli is overrated. Yeah. It, yeah it, I mean, it's fine. I, I feel like tortellini like, is a ravioli. lot better. Yes, exactly. Tortellini is better than ravioli. I am. Totally. It's harder to, to put stuff in, but. <laughs> but, but also, like, I feel like you have that like pasta um, filling ratio is a lot better with uh, tortellini versus ravioli. Because mm-hmm. sometimes guess, you get like a really big ravioli and you're like, what do I problem. do with this? That's the problem is when you eat, sometimes it's like, it's like if you have it's like a burger with too much stuff on it. Like I, I'm here for the, if I wanted to just eat the filling, I would just eat the filling. I'm here for the complete package. And this ravioli is way too full. Counterpoint. Ravioli, ravioli, give me the formioli. <laughs> All right, if we're uh, if we're if we're vocal vocalizing our radical pasta opinions, I'm just gonna throw this out there. I think lasagna is overrated. Oh, I do too. I, fuck off. I no. don't. 
So, but my sen- the sentiment I've always heard from people from lasagna is lasagna sucks. Like I've never, yeah. I think it's I've never fine. met anybody else who likes lasagna. I like lasagna. Garfield. <laughs> I can get down with a lasagna. Yeah, I like, I, uh, I but I it's okay. To me, lasagna is basically lasagna is one of the best thing pasta pizza. Right, carry on. Oh, for me, I'm just like if I have it, I'm like that was pretty good. But it's not something I would ever seek out, nor is it something I would actively say no to. It's like. Well, very it's like middle of the road for i me. would never want to eat any lasagna that i didn't make myself is really what it comes down to because uh. anytime somebody else makes lasagna and i can't control what's in it then it's not great i would never order lasagna at a restaurant but if my partner was like hey let's have lasagna this weekend i'd be like fuck yeah because we can put whatever we want in it let's put some spinach. i often find that homemade lasagna is better than restaurant lasagna absolutely like, oh yeah oh. I think that's that's, that's the that's the, the the power of lasagna is that anyone can make good lasagna. I don't know if I agree with that sentiment, but I do agree that homemade lasagna is there, better. There are people who burn water, so we're, <laughs> I'm gonna, we're gonna say not anyone, but it is uh, remarkably easy to make a, a decent lasagna. We we all friend. know of a person who thought that the egg whites were the shell the shells <laughs> the shells oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had a friend who managed to burn microwave macaroni and cheese. Like, okay. like, like, like they, it was one of the ones where you're supposed to put water in and they just didn't put water in. So it just started on fire. Oh, <laughs> we, when I was a child, that's really important to the story because I wouldn't do this as an adult. But when I was like nine years old, my friend and I's mom left us home alone and she left leftover pizza and was like, you can put it in the microwave for two minutes. And then we put it in the microwave for 20 minutes. And oh, then we God. Away and started playing Goldeneye. And then smoke started to fill the kitchen. And we were like, oh, no. And we had to like deal with that situation before the mom came home. And we managed to do it. And you didn't uh, get to eat. No, we did not. <laughs> you, your meal that night was education. Was, uh, I think we ended up getting experience. another pizza. Oh, yeah. have, you, have you seen the very famous? I did the same uh, thing with an egg roll. <laughs> Have you seen the very famous uh, Tumblr story with this is the worst part in it? And pizza? I think so. Yes, 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 yes. I think about that every single time people are making pizza at home. It's, it's, uh, making pizza, this is the worst part, uh, opening the oven, pull the pizza out, and lifting it out with his bare hands screaming. And I'm like, oh my God. I think about that every every single time. People talk about it, but anyways. I don't, wow. Don't do that. Welcome to the pasta cast. Pasta is good. Pa- I don't know what we could, how many episodes food. we could do with for a pasta fix. Uh, how many how many kinds of pasta are there? Now, actually. A lot of pastas. Hey, look, how many sure. various pasta Make dishes? Pasta every week. There's at least 33. Pasta. I bet we could get at least a year of episodes out. If we ever do a Patreon... That can be well, a bonus. I mean, that's like kinds of pasta, but then you got various pasta dishes with it's, different yes, sauces. I think you could probably do more than a year of episodes, but um, I don't want to. Um, do we count so. noodles? Like, do we count like ramen? No. No. Pasta okay. is an Italian word for Italian. I'm kidding. I don't know. <laughs> an Italian word for Italians. Pasta names often end with the cultural appropriation to say pasta e, if you're not Italian. Italian. I'm walking here. Yeah, exactly. I'm walking here, and you're cooking like some stir fry in a walk. Yes. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I thought you were doing a Christopher Walken impression. 
I like, shoved this I walk up my ass <laughs> for 20 years. <laughs> uh, oh, boy. Video we're games, a, huh? We're all on a Yeah, state. video games. What is... I have never heard of this pass before. What would you use this for? I guess you would... What's, lattice it? No? Okay. What's it called? Maffaldini? Okay, Maffaldina? It? It's not Dini. It's Dina. D-I-N-E. It's like long strips of lasagna. Okay. It's, but and I would I assumed like oh maybe you can make like some kind of pie lattice thing with it, but it's not. It just this plate just has it laid out over the over the plate yeah. over some sauce. Well, we'll have to do an episode on it. Yep. Come so, back next week after this, we've done some investigation. Okay, so my my fall. Dine oh, no. is long rectangular ribbons with ruffled sides. And Andre Stevens. Oh, I know. Serrated ribbons. They're the same thing. Anyway. Andre Stevens from Italy this, is lying. This starchy hell. There's like four time, kinds of. Oh, spaghetti. you want out of the starchy hell? Well, how about I take you into anime hell with Sam? Oh, wow. <laughs> I honestly didn't know where we were going with that. We're. Like, r- I'm already tired, and everyone. I'm about to get more tired. <laughs> Just kidding. I like, I like the Trails game. Um, Sam has left hell. He he is he has conquered I'm his demons I'm free. for now, until they drag him back, really like they drag the... Kratos back into hell at like the start of every fucking God of War game on the PS2. Some of these pastas it's... look a little bit like penises without even needing to be like shaped. <laughs> I'm just saying. You can do a lot with some pasta and a banana. And that's been what I always hear. I'm always saying saying this. Allison, what have you brought this week? This is why I want to get along so well. I have that thought every day when I get up. (laughs) So, um, this week I finished The Legend of Heroes, Trials of Cold Steel 4, End of Saga. Um, (laughs) Our number seven game of the year? I can't remember. Six. Six? Sure. Sam has a um, tattooed on his on his arm. <laughs> yeah, so I don't forget the full name and subtitle. Oh, sorry, and both the subtitles. placement and the placement and, on the- and release date. Yeah. Japanese and North America or Japanese and Western. Um so I don't want to like go too deep really, because uh, I think maybe at some point people on this podcast might play those games. I know Alex and Andre have said they aren't interested. And maybe I'll t- get you guys to take your headphones off and talk spoilers for a minute. But um, so yeah, I finished Trials of Cold Steel Four. Um, I absolutely agree with our with its placement on the list. I think it's like uh, it's a fantastic game, and it ends very very well. Um, uh, it does do the it does an almost near automata thing where it ends and then it goes, "Hey, do you want to get the true ending?" Um. So, and apparently that's unskippable. Even if you do all the stuff that unlocks the true ending, you have to see the non-true ending and then replay it, which is annoying. Yeah. That's... Sorry, um, by replay it, do you mean replay the entire thing? No, you have to replay like the last boss fight, basically. Oh, oh okay. That's not so bad. That's, that's, that's not, not so bad. bad. I, I, I no. just had this like flash of like, you have to play this uh 40, like, 60-hour game again. Oh, no, it's 80, 80 hours. Oh. I think it took me well. Reincarnation. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, basically, like, the the concept of 
Console 4 is like the plans that have been going since Trials in the Sky are finally at their like at the zenith, the end point. The plan is has been enacted and uh, you're trying to like you're trying to oppose the you're you're opposing an enemy faction. This is it's so hard to talk about this game without spoilers because it's literally like even talking about like <laughs> the members of this enemy faction would spoil things massively as there's like some fantastic twists along the way. Um, basically, like I, I told you guys in the first one that they introduced mech combat in like the very end of the game. Um, yes. The you have like a giant mech and. Uh, like it's a, a magic ancient mech uh, and like the, a lot of uh, God Steel 4 revolves around you traveling around the world taking out other magic ancient mechs um, in kind of the spirit of the uh, seminal Jet Li movie The One uh, <laughs> the best Jet Li movie yeah <laughs> I mean, it's a very good movie uh, Jason Statham has hair in it I don't know if we need to make that the official stance of this podcast. No, it's definitely not the best one. It's a good movie. Anyway. It's a movie. We can all agree it's a movie. It is a is movie. It? It is. What is a movie? Let's it's really get into it here. <laughs> um, so yeah, and like the, the non-true ending ends with like a very big like over-the-top boss fight and then a mech fight. And I was like, this feels really anticlimactic. <laughs> and I finished it and I'd like sitting there watching the credits and I'm like, this feels like a terrible ending for having just played over 350 hours of JRPG. Um, and then it goes, Hey, if you want, you can uh, load back in and you can, uh, there'll be an option for you to do the true ending. And I was like, all oh, right, okay. And the, the true ending adds two new boss fights. Um, why even, why even do this? I don't know is the answer. <laughs> They've never done it before, um, not in any of the games. And I feel like they specifically say to you before you go into the final boss fight, like, do as much side stuff as you can because it's all important. On, like, the last... Basically, the structure of the game is that there's going to be, like, each chapter starts with a free day where you have, like, random stuff you can do, where there'll be, like, quests all over the world... And the, the world state has updated, so you can go and speak to people, and they've got new dialogue, new quests. Um, and, like, oh, I just did the mandatory quests on... Well, they're not even mandatory. You can skip them completely, but I did all the side quests that they tell you about. That was my philosophy throughout the whole game. I was like, I'll do the ones that they tell you about, because those must be the, the ones that Falcom thinks are the best, because they show them to you. Um, and I didn't do... I didn't go looking for others because I, I literally was like, well, I could do this and it would probably take me another 15, 20 hours. Uh, you can see people on the Falcom subreddit saying that they spent 150 hours in Cold Steel 4 and didn't like get everything and get the platinum. So I don't have that much time. <laughs> um, and yeah, apparently even if you do all the side quests, you still have to see that weird normal ending. And the worst part of the whole process is that is that the normal ending is the beginning of the true ending. Like, there's, like, one change in the true ending, which, uh, but it's, like, ten minutes into the cinematic for the true ending. 
So you have to watch the first 10 minutes of the normal ending first. Uh, the normal ending isn't bad at all. It was just disappointing based on how good everything else had been. Um, but then the true ending was really good. Um, this this and, is really strange. Yeah. Why would it's they such do a this? weird choice? It, yeah. Like I, I would love to ask somebody why they did it. Um, it's not bad. It's not like it's, no, oh, this but... is a this is I you only replay like actually replay because of the time skip option as well. Like every Cold Steel game, you can double speed. Sure, everything. But so like if I double this... speeded the battles and the um, cinematics. If you are someone who's playing Trails of Cold Steel Four End of Saga, it is generally I think safe to assume you've played the first three games. I would imagine the number of people who go, ah, the fourth game in a JRPG series that has let's jump a, in. Let's go, Persona let's go 4. for this. Yeah, but they were trying are, to that's a push different kind of thing. When it's um, called End of Saga. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like if, if you name it End of Saga, story. you're not like, okay, this is the perfect you're, place to get started. And if you've played three JRPGs to get here, and in a lot of cases, probably five, or no, what am I saying? Eight. Six. Probably like thirty. Well, no, it was three trails, trials five, sky, six, seven, eight, eight of them. If you yeah. played like the crossbell games and stuff, you could have potentially done. So, who's not going to get the true ending <laughs> after like a thousand hours of JRPGs? What player is not going to elect it, to get it, the true ending? They're like, mm, another. I've had couple, enough. Uh, I've had yeah, enough of this. I, this there, I, I, there's not not enough it time. It seems in like the that day. stuff should have been. Somehow, just it's like, just not yeah. respecting your time. And, like, yeah. was there any like? difference to the fights or was it just do it again and then you'll get a different ending so they add two new boss fights um uh-huh. the but is there any like is there a justification is that like after the cinematic that like 10 like you know you get the cinematic and then they add like the two boss fights and then you get like the true ending or so basically like you before finish, the, you cinematic? Finish the game and it's like hey if you want to go back and get the true ending you can go you, if you reload your game, you'll reload just before the final boss. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, when I reloaded in, it had another, like, it has an objective underneath the map every time. And there were two objectives, and one of them was like, go check out what's happening outside. And when you go outside, there's like a portal, and it lets you go back to the free day to do um, one of the side quests. Okay, and so this is like some th- Omega Weapon shit where it's like an optional boss but it's yeah it's, yeah it's an optional boss um but it changes the story if you do it in a like a genuinely huge massive way um, why isn't that available this, ahead of time this kind of makes it they have weird like in yeast origin which is not the same team necessarily but i'm sure there's crossover um you, you have to play two character stories which is just playing through the same game twice from a different perspective but like you do all the same fights and stuff um, to unlock the third character and the third playthrough is like the true story of what happened. So it's, they have some for all of, they make extremely good games from what I have played so far, like vastly underrated should be mentioned in the same breath as like the square Enix's games, but Falcom also doesn't necessarily respect your time that much. <laughs> yeah. uh, that is definitely something that is true about them as a developer. Yeah, like I think a lot of the respect your time stuff as well 
is in the beginnings of these games, which are always very slow, and they reintroduce stuff very slowly. There should just be a toggle that's like, I have just finished Cold Steel 3, let me skip the bullshit. Yeah. Because, <laughs> um, like, uh, when I finished, like, this, the biggest example is finishing 2 as an incredible, huge plot detail that's revealed. Uh, major characters are killed off. Um, like, the, the country is in peril and you manage to save it. And then the beginning of Cold Steel 3, they're like, hey, you're back at school. Yeah, I mean, I get, I get that. <laughs> I get it because a lot... I they meant to be played people, two years apart. Uh, yeah, you know, I don't know that I would the, say most people because I think that more people, now that it's done, will go play it. But a lot of people played it with big gaps in time. Yeah. So. And, like, so you, media does yeah, that. Like, you know, Harry Potter does it. Uh, Riverdale does it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're just trying to bring a Riverdale again. <laughs> We, when am I not? When am I? Not? We were talking extensively about Riverdale before the recording started. Is that a FYI, solid twenty minutes that we were talking about Riverdale. Riverdale. <laughs> Spoilers: We still are talking about Riverdale. Oh no! Um, Trails, of but Gold the true Steel. ending is very, very, very good. Um, I, I I shed a tear. I had like rolling waves of goosebumps uh, in the true ending. Um, there's a really good like. There's a couple of characters that are in most of the games, like throughout the whole series. Um, like they're very important, and those characters have like a big character moment in the finale, and like, and it's it's very satisfying. They do some really good stuff with um, multiple squad battles. So, like in a Persona game, for example, your like your whole squad is like ten people. Uh, in Cold Steel 4, I think there's more than 50 characters you can have in your party across the game, whether they're temporary or permanent additions. And in the final battle, they let you they let you rec- they let you play every single one of those characters except one. There's only one cool. that you can there's one character you can play in only one scene. One thing that is somewhat frustrating in Trails in the Sky, I can't remember if they give you their stuff back. They might, so you could sell it, but you have lots of rotating characters that come in and out. Every area basically has like a guest character, which is cool, but they don't really come with their, they have upgraded equipment you can buy for them in the region that they're, they join you in. And they're only with you for about 10 hours or 10 hours, something like that. And so you spend, you can make, you can spend a bunch of resources getting their best equipment and then they just leave. And it was a waste of money. In four, they don't really do that. If you have a guest character, they come equipped. Um, so figured eventually they get there. Yeah, basically for each section of the game, there's uh, they release new weapons and armor, and the characters will always come equipped with a weapon that is commensurate to that level and the gear that you would buy if you were in that section for them. Um, there aren't many guest character bits like that. Most of the time. They join your squad and you can play with them for an entire, like, like either half an hour or you can play with them for, like, the rest of the game. Um, yeah, like, I was saying to um, Pat and Jeff last night, because we chatted a bit after we recorded Comic Book Fix, um, it does a lot of stuff that Avengers Endgame does. Um, not the stuff that Alice hates, uh, all the good bits um, that, like you are cheering at in the cinema it's it does a, it uses a lot of those tricks yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Andy shots yeah nut shots yeah 
I wasn't sure what Alex said, so I just went with it. I, I said gratuitous butt shots. Oh. No, that's not really. We'll, we'll get to I the butt shots later in the probably, show. Probably the least <laughs> uh, pervy Japanese game I've ever played. Uh, there's like a couple of scenes in the first Cold Steel, which where like Reen realizes that one of his friends has a large chest. I feel like that says more it. about you than it so, does about well, Japanese so games. What I was going to say, I don't know for certain. Um, I don't have her name in front of me, but one of the like longest running, maybe the only original Falcom employee that's worked there for like their whole history is a woman who has done a lot of the art, art design stuff and marketing stuff for Falcom. And I think she's had a lot of influence over the years and it's led to like having Makes now sense. played three yeast games and having played a lot of trails in the sky. They're not particularly like pervy in a, in a gross way at all that there's characters within them who are gross dudes, but it's very clear that they don't, are not good. Don't uh, throw shade at Randy. Randy Orlando is a treasure, as as I say, who have never played the games. I just love the name Randy Orlando. I'm not necessarily going so far as to say that the that Falcom's oeuvre is like a is 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 extremely feminist or anything, but um, perviness is always horniness is not necessarily seen as a character flaw, but perviness is always seen as a character flaw in everything that I have seen. Um, So. Uh, yeah, I don't Unli- know. Or horniness is next to godliness. So yeah, yeah, there are horny. There's oh a horny character in in uh, Trails in the, in the Sky One who is takes is is maybe takes it a little bit far at times, but it's generally like they they don't frame it as like they are horny and therefore that makes them bad. When they get a little pervy, that is called out as like that's not appropriate behavior <laughs> by the other characters, but their horniness is not. That happens a lot in in Cold Steel as well. There's one character, uh, there's one woman who is explicitly like very pervy over the women in a group, and everyone's like, "Angelica, this isn't okay. Stop this." Yeah. Um, Randy also makes a very offhand comment about one of the other characters' boobs, and everyone's like, "Jesus Christ, Randy! Like, stop it." Yeah, it's actually kind of refreshing. Uh, does that to see. make you Randy, baby? <laughs> it's very refreshing to see the times that the characters are horny. They're very much like, uh, fucking stop it. They're not horny, pervy. A character turns up basically that Randy hasn't seen in a while, and he's like, oh, nice to see those two are still growing. And everyone's like, uh, Jesus Christ, Randy. <laughs> yeah. Like Man, okay, I feel like going. my opinion of Randy Orlando just goes like up and down and up and down. Uh, but I just love he's that name cool so much. Yeah, to the moon. He's very cool. He's got a great name. He's extremely powerful and awesome. Um, he's massively <laughs> overpowered, uh, which is very good. Uh, and he fits in really well with his crew. Like his crew of characters is great. Um, they're from a series of games that I know the least about. Because like I was really into the Trails in the Sky, um, like recaps that I watched and like watched them really diligently, and then the Crossbell game recaps that I watched. I watched like while looking after Peter, um, but like I massively love those characters from Crossbell. I think it's because like there's a lot of Crossbell stuff in Cold Steel, so you get to see those characters from the point of view of people who love them, which is really awesome. But yeah, um, I, I won't talk any more about this because it's been like 40 minutes. 
but um, it's been like absolutely everybody should. Yeah, we had a lot of pasta talk at the start, but yeah, 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 no, I'm definitely interested in playing them at some point. Um, It's one of those things where I would absolutely say, like, get these games and just play an hour before bed. What's also great about Trails in the Sky, anyway, is I've been playing it kind of on and off for like a year now, and every time I go back to it, I only need like 15, 20 minutes, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember what's going on. Not because the story is overly simple, but because it's so memorable that once you're back in that mode, it's pretty easy to go like, yes, that's right. This happened and this happened. And that's why we're here. Um, it's, it's, it's cool. Cause it's not like the kind of game where I feel like I have to restart when I put it down for a month or two, uh, which is, yeah. Yeah. I, I, again, I won't talk too long. I'll, I'm writing a review. Uh, I literally am just like, I don't really know what to say without spoiling this game. Yeah. Uh, and I want it to be spoiler free because I think it's very important that people know that this game and the series ends well if you're thinking about picking up one or two. Yeah. Especially if you're thinking about going to Trails in the Sky. Because <laughs> then you're talking about nine total games. Yeah, I mean, like the investment. And who would is, play a nine-game series in a short period of time? That's, that's <laughs> Who among us would do such a thing? Speaking of JRPGs with oh. long histories and... Maybe some perviness, maybe maybe some no perviness. I don't even know. Uh, Allison, what what what's going oh, on? Not mu- no, like the perviness is from the fans, which is like very annoying because I have everybody such a beef for this. Yeah, like that is the biggest thing is that people like is that generally, from what I could tell, most of these games are pretty not pervy, but then people are just like, let's ruin it all and talk. Uh, actually about the main character so i've been playing i finished atelier rise of one and now i am playing two uh so um i i've only put a couple of hours into two so far so i don't have a whole lot to say however it really feels like a lot of the issues i had with one are being like have been fixed which is kind of exciting to see where it goes uh because there are a couple of things with the combat where I was like, oh, I don't know if I really like the way that they're doing this, um, uh, this combat. And then suddenly in, in two of them, like, oh, you changed it in a way that makes sense. Uh, imagine that. So it's, it's, it's fun. Um, and then there's also a lot more exploration than in uh, Rise of One. Like you're, you, you, there's a lot more, like in Rise of One, there's it's it's pretty much like if you go out into an exploration area and there's a field, it's like kind of pretty uh, flat and pretty like you know you, you can explore, but there's not a whole lot of like depth to it. Whereas here, I like immediately went off the main path, which I probably shouldn't have done, and then like suddenly I was like fell off a cliff, and I'm like, okay, where where am I? And having to figure out what I'm doing. So in in a fun in a fun way. So I've been. Uh, it's, it's, it's also uh, very fun to see uh, the characters again. The thing, the thing that's kind of interesting about the, the series is that they're really not that tied together that much. Um, because there's, like, there's a lot of games in the series, but uh, only, the ga- only the games uh, in each specific like, sub-series are technically connected but even then they're mostly standalone whereas this is like maybe i think there might have been some earlier on direct sequels but like this is the first direct sequel in a long time so it's kind of unusual for for them 
to that point, I'm looking at it, there are 22 main games. And yeah. there are about 35 side games and remakes. Yeah, so it's a big series, but it's very much like... I feel like it, in some ways the anti-trails where it's like these aren't really connected because they're like the sub-series are, are like they have connections, but that most of them are focusing on different characters um, like all of the games in the Arlen series, which is like when, when they first started on PS3, uh, all of them have different main characters and... I think, from what I understand, having not played them, but wanting to play them sometime maybe this year, um, like, the other characters start, like, they might show up briefly, but it's uh, it, not necessarily uh, in, a, in a main way. So, um, yeah, so, yeah, so this is, this is kind of unexpected. Um, they say that they were, pl- like, planning this... Uh, before Ryza came out, but part of but part of that is also like Ryza is by far like its biggest seller in the series, um, which is kind of incredible for being the twenty first main entry in the series. Uh, that it's it's it ended up selling super well, so they ended up uh, making a direct sequel, which uh, is really which is really fun, but also uh, it's it's nice to it's it's been nice to see some of the existing characters um and and meet the new characters and you really and it's like you get a real sense of character growth too um because uh you pretty quickly run into Tao who is one of your like main party members uh from Ryza 1 and like he he's still the same character but you can really tell that he's uh kind of come into his own a lot more um and so is Ryza too like one of the first like when you get to the tutorial battle, um, she like like at like in the first game, there's there's kind of the stereotypical like, oh, it's a monster. What are we gonna do? Uh, kind of thing. Whereas here, it's like, okay, well, I'm a little rusty and I don't have my best equipment with me and I'm alone, but I should be able to handle this. This is just like a basic monster. Like you 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 start you, it it really does a decent job of acknowledging, you know, she they've been through big adventures before um and they've already done a lot of stuff before um but you know but but also by making it so that you could theoretically jump in if you wanted to with Ryza 2 um and uh like it starts over on a lot of the um being able to craft things and and uh fighting but it but it, it justifies that i mean however well you think it justifies that it's kind of like up to you but i think i think it does a pretty decent job as as to why you have to kind of start over because she's starting over in the capital city of the of the um area she's in and she's using like new items and using new um, stuff uh, and and that's the other big that's that's the other big thing about the series that I haven't really even touched on with this uh, today is that uh, the big draw of the series is the alchemy system which is different in each game but it's basically like a giant crafting system um, that I think is really really uh, appealing and really really fun to play around with um, 
where it's like almost as big a deal, if not more than the combat. Like the combat is almost like in service of, of the alchemy system. So it's uh, like, like with, like with rise of one, I, I don't want to like, I don't know if it's quite as spoiler intensive as the trail series, but like you have the final battle and then you have to go like and do more alchemy afterwards. Like it's, it, it, it's in service of that kind of crafting system versus the other way around. So, um, so, so that's, that's, that's one of the, one of the fun things. And I think that, uh, Ryza two is doing a really good job with that so far. So I'm just really excited to keep playing this game. It's, and maybe, uh, get back, get into the rest of the series later this year after I finished Ryza two, because I, the, the the thing that's nice about this game is that series is that it's very like relatively lighthearted and relatively kind of cozy. So especially if I like if you're having a like busy time or like I know that I've been like busy with work and stuff, which is why I haven't had a ton of time to play it. It's it's very nice to be able to just kind of sit back and do some alchemy and have kind of a more lighthearted kind of anime story because it is also very, very anime, but in a very, um, you know, kind of different chill kind of way. So, uh, I, I recommend it to people if you, if you, any of that sounds appealing, but it's, yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a great game, but I, I'm excited. Yeah. Do you think anything about it in particular made it as successful as it is or was it just kind of a time and place thing like it was just released at the right time and everybody hopped on i don't know i mean part of it is that people are like weirdly pervy about the riza which sucks uh because of like she's such a good character in addition but like people and i feel like the games don't really sexualize characters very much it looks like Uh, it's just in the art like I pulled but, it up, yeah. I, I image searched it, and there are a lot of costumes that were clearly made to be a certain like, thing, um, like fan servicey. Yeah, like I yeah. see like one where she's in kind of like a swimsuit bottoms and stuff like that that are like kind of suggestive. But I think that the I don't I would be surprised if the intent was there to do this. But I also think like the the truth of the matter is. Just because a character wears something does not mean that it's an invitation for you to sexualize them. Yeah, just like also, in real life, when someone wears an outfit, it does not mean that you have like the right to sexualize them. Yeah, and I feel like I mean, the a lot of the art, especially for like a like from a Western perspective, like a lot of the art in the earlier games in the series is pretty like cutesy. Uh, whereas Ryza is very specifically much more of like a kind of, she's, she's more curvy and her, while her outfits are covering, they're a little bit more revealing than like the kind of like existing style for a lot of the series. So it's like part of you wonders that, but then also part of it is, I, I think part of it is also like a right place in time too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like- the old games were pretty much, to use anime terms, they were pretty much considered moe for forever, as long as I yeah. remember. So yeah, yeah. there's like, like that's fair. 
like I've got a, a real I, bone to pick with like JRPG YouTubers at the moment because like I've been looking into Riser and I've been watching like Trails reviews and stuff about Hotel Four like spoiler casts and stuff. And there's been people like I've been tuning into like a stream or something, and uh, the streamer will have all the female characters in swimsuits because you can yeah. buy it, you can pay money to get a swimsuit set. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'm not watching this streamer. And like, and like, the I was watching another one, and one of the characters, uh, there's like a swimming battle in one of the games, uh, where like there's a swimming mini game basically, and you have to face and the swimming club faces off against class seven, and then the principal, who is a uh, voluptuous woman, walks in in her swimsuit, and the streamer was like, oh boy, and he was just like screaming about it, and I was yeah, like, yeah, okay, and it'd be fair, it'd be fair, like all of the characters have like swimsuit things and all of the characters have like similarly revealing outfits. Like, uh, one of the main characters in, in Ryza, uh, uh, Lent, he very specifically is just wearing a crop top the whole time. And so it's like, okay. Uh, like there's a lot of, you know, like revealing outfits for the male characters. And it's like, it's different, but at the same time, it like, you know, if they are very specifically like, okay, all the female characters are going to be in the swimsuits, and then all the male characters are going to be in their like normal outfits. It's like, look, yeah. not everyone can be a nine and a half foot tall vampire lady, <laughs> so they got to work <laughs> with what they've got. But they've got to exercise the options that are available to them. That's and if that's kind, a swimsuit, that's a swimsuit. That's kind of what I'm saying Unless, to a degree, though. Is like if the characters are written really well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't necessarily have to be like. Oh, they have the, the Ryza has sort of some sexy outfits. So therefore the game is, is horny and sucks like that's yeah. not. Yeah. And it also, that's, like I was saying, does not mean that you as a player need to go Oh, this game. I'm going to be horny for this game now because it has some horny stuff. Yeah. It. It's, 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 I think it's, I think it's a very like, yeah, you know, it, it is a balance that they have to, that you achieve right and it's like part of it is a little bit frustrating because it's like oh you're probably probably part of that is like hey we want to sell copies of this game let's yeah. add this dlc yeah. but at the same time i'm yeah. like they it is frustrating when everybody the, calls her like they don't make the DLC sell copies yes. of the game they just make the dlc because they know people will buy it and just funnel well, them more more and more money and, i bet that dlc is like 50 dollars or something like costume packs oh, are ridiculous see, that's for the, these that's games the, like dead or alive the thing, or anything uh, well, also, it's like the thing is that this is like Koei Tecmo, and mm-hmm. they very specifically are like, let's just not go on sale. And oh, uh, yeah, so yeah. these games are, mm-hmm. are. So that's the biggest issue I'd say with getting into this series is that it is kind of an expensive series to get into, um, which, like, you know, they're good RPGs. So, and I feel like what, if we're talking about games respecting your time, like, they're actually pretty moderately moderate length yeah. RPGs. Which is um, awesome. <laughs> which is nice. Yeah. So it like I, I feel like playing Ryzen one, it never felt like it was um uh outlived it like it stayed longer than it's welcome. Like it really yeah. felt like mm-hmm. I it like it was the right length for what it was. But at the same time, like it, it is expensive and then the DLC is expensive and they have packs of the uh, older games, which is great, but they're still like $30 a pop. Uh, yeah. And it's like, yeah. it was so, so and, and that's only if you buy the, uh, 
pack of like the three Erlen games or the pack of the three Dusk games. So that's like a $90 purchase. So it's like kind of hard to get into the series if you're like not, if you want to not pay a lot of money. Sure. Yeah. But I mean, we, also, yeah. Just wait and the entire into... series will be on Game Pass. <laughs> I think some of them are on um, PS Now, I think. I, I'm not sure, but it looks like, yeah, so they, they, they are, uh, there are other games to get into it. It's like, they, they are expensive. And I was like looking at the Rise of 2 DLC and I was like, you've got to be kidding me when it comes to that cost. Like I kind of wanted one of the outfits, but it only comes in a very specific, uh, specific, um, the like bundle, like bundle, like it's the like, uh, super ultra deluxe version, or it's like the ultimate edition That's where like one chance. of the, one of the outfits is, uh, uh, for Ryza is, uh, one of the characters from the other uh, uh, other series, uh, the Mysterious series, so it's uh, has Sophie's outfit, which is like a very cute outfit, and I like it. But I'm like, I'm not paying, I'm not buying this game for like hundred and twenty dollars, <laughs> you know, for a single outfit that I would like. It's funny. I've looked every time I've looked at buying because I was buying like uh, East games and stuff too. Um, they don't really do this a ton. Actually, they do with East Eight. And I did this when I bought Persona Five Royal when it was on sale. I was like, "Oh, should I get the deluxe editions?" And it's so weird to me because usually I say yes because they'll have an extra quest or something in them. But they're all just costume DLC for yep. all of these games. It's so funny. Yeah, but I don't care. For once, I'm like, I don't care about this. <laughs> yeah, and like in the season pass for Rise of Two, like there's an. And there's another area you can go to, but I don't know if it's going to necessarily have any like story content or any stuff. And they're like, it's a high difficulty area, but it's like, I don't care about the difficulty in this game. Like uh, with rise of one, the final boss battle was just like a huge difficulty spike. So I just went and turned it down to easy and I upgraded all of my characters, uh, items and weapons and just went through it because I'm like that, I don't. I can't imagine that you'd play any of these games and be like, "I play it for the difficulty or the combat." Um, like it's fine, but it's not. You know, you play it for the exploration. You play it for the characters. You play it play for, it the for the DLC crafting costumes. system. You play it for the DLC costumes. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's it, it, it's yeah. Alex, we cut you off a little a, a while ago. Do you do you still have that thought? Uh, it still exists. I don't know if it's super relevant, and we probably should move away from JRPG land at some point. But I was just yeah, going to say, at a four and a half hour. Do we need right to? Now. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll make it. I'll make it brief. I was just thinking about other um, kind of JRPGs that lure you in with the fan service, but it turns out those characters are way more than that. Like especially near. Like if you start getting into like Kaine and stuff like that, and also uh, Tubi, like. Yeah, people are like, oh, a French maid, but you get into it and it's like, oh, existential despair. Um, like, it's really, I think it's positive when they kind of subvert their own uh, kind of design, in a manner of speaking. I think, too, like, there's tons of 
I think it's absolutely valid to look at the copy of Nier Automata and be like, I don't want to play a game where I play as that kind of character. I would never like fault someone for that. I get it. Um, even if I agree with what you're saying, Alex. And th- but I also would say like, there's so many Smite skins and League of Legends skins and like, oh totally, parts of Western games that do similar things with art. And so I don't know, like it's yeah, it's it's like not just a JRPG thing. No, it's really that, that no. like oh, and, and, and like I said, like I think that these games aren't that bad with it. It's like oh yeah, she has shorts that are kind of tight, but it's like you know, relatively speaking, it's it's I think it's warm fine. out. I think the intent with the art is certainly to draw people right. Oh, in. totally. Um, I put something in our group chat that's like this outfit on its own i mean like it's the way that it's posed and stuff it is very clearly like hey hey boys yeah play this game <laughs> but i don't think yeah. that that necessarily means that the game itself is is like somehow problematic um it's just that's it, it like i said earlier like horniness is not necessarily a crime <laughs> uh <laughs> if it's turned into perviness in the story for like underaged women then that's a different story and horniness is not a crime free randy orlando (laughs) anyway yeah all right well we we are anyways yeah let's move on i love that series it's on my list that was yeah that's the most talk we've had in a long time Oh, and the Mysterious I, series is coming to, like, the entirety of it is coming to Switch. Yay! I think, for me, part of this reason why I'm into this, like, JRPG renaissance is, for whatever reason, I knew intellectually that the genre was wider than stuff like Final Fantasy, but I just, as an adult, don't really have an interest in the sort of, and this isn't a value judgment, I'm saying personal preference, don't really have an interest anymore in the sort of, like, bravely default Final Fantasy dragon quest style of like you have three characters on one side of the of the battle and three characters on the other side and you're pressing menu buttons to attack i'm more interested now in like varied combat systems and while i knew that those existed within within jrpgs i had never really dove into how many series do that so like now that that i know that like the trail series has um, engaging like to me engaging and interesting takes on turn-based combat that adds in some tactics and like yeast is is an action rpg i didn't know that before i started playing it so that's why i've been like engaged more with with different rpgs is to to see like more varied combat systems because as much as like octopath has incredible art and i think as it does that turn-based combat really well so it's this isn't me okay, i was gonna good. say i'm like i think it has great but, combat but, yeah yeah you that's know? i totally could see why it, but when i played it i was like God, I've played like eight Final Fantasy games like this. I've spent probably thousands of hours playing this kind of combat, and it's not really that engaging to me anymore. Mm-hmm. So it was hard. I kind of bounced off of it, and that was the last time I really tried with the JRPG. Um, so I know Persona has more of that. We'll see if I can get through Royal later this year, too. Um, but Then you can get into Yokai Watch. Nope. <laughs> I do not like the combat good. on that. but nope. no. I'm sure it's fine. I know people like it. Not for me. Alex, what did you bring this week? Uh, (laughs) What a transition. All right. You know, I just, I I took the moment and I seized it. You did. I passed Um, it. Made the extra pass. You did. 
You nailed it. Um, yeah, coach sent me a thank you note. Proud of me. Oh my goodness. Um, so Pat, what do you want to hear about? Do you want to hear about the show or do you want to hear about the video game? Oh, I don't know. Why don't you start with the video game? Uh, okay. That, way, that is we, presumably what this if podcast If we go on about. another tangent and end up at two hours before we move on, then we'll know where it's we're It's okay. At. I don't think we're going to have to talk too long about this particular video game, but it is an interesting one. Uh, it's one I had not heard that much about. And that is a video game called Nuts. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's I on Apple Arcade. Yeah. Yeah, this it is looks, on Apple this Arcade. This looks pretty, pretty cool. Oh, it's on my list. It's a squirrel game. Yeah. Yes, so it is. Yep, nuts is a game all about squirrels. You are basically starting your job as like a park rangery kind of thing, and uh, it's kind of got a Firewatch vibe going on in that most of your communication is happening over a telephone with another kind of disembodied voice, and it's really interesting. Yeah, because like it's essentially an adventure or puzzle game where you are taking cameras and placing them at places in the environment and you are using them to film areas, known areas, where squirrels have been around. And you're doing certain tasks to kind of uh, do things with these, or like find things out about these squirrels. Like one of the early tasks, so as not to spoil anything, because there's stuff you can kind of spoil in it, but like one of the early tasks is, all right, you're going to find the stash from this squirrel. So... You find on your little map, it shows you, okay, this is the last place the squirrel was seen. So you set up your camera there, uh, two cameras, I should say, um, because you kind of have camera one, camera two. You go to your little, uh, I don't know, the place where your equipment is, and then you push record. And then you're kind of scrubbing through the footage to see where the, the squirrel went. And the squirrel goes the same path every night. So you are basically tracking them down by way of these cameras. So you're strategically placing them to say like, oh, okay, I saw run past camera one. Okay, now I can see it in the corner of camera two. Okay, that means I have to change the angle here and here, and then you do it again, and you do it again. And, and at the end, you finally find it, and you take the video, you take a screenshot of that video, basically, and then you fax that image to your Delilah. It's a literal fax? It, it's a fax machine, yeah. Nice. It, it it is a fax machine, and you send it off, and she calls you immediately. <laughs> like she receives the fax, and within like half a second, your phone is ringing, and she's like, "Oh my god, you have just helped save this endangered animal." Kind of stuff. That's how but, I feel when I see pictures of wildlife. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, no, it's it's um it's a really interesting game. The art style is really unique. Uh, it's very um. There's not a lot of visual fidelity going on, but there's a lot of shading and just general really cool contrast. yeah looking at looking at it on Google, it's like it looks it looks really interesting, yeah. and like um depending when you're in like the different quote unquote stages, uh, it totally changes the color palette, which is really nice. Kind of like like you know how in Oberdin you could switch uh, like it's the same visual style, but you can switch between the mm-hmm. different palettes. It's kind of like that. um. And it's really effective. The it's it's good. I think Pat, you might actually enjoy this because it is kind of yeah. a mystery game in in a, in a manner of speaking. It's really, I, really, really chill. I fully intend to play it. It looks really, really good. Uh, I've seen it a couple of times, and I keep going, "Oh yeah, I got to play that." Oh yeah, I got to play that. Um, so it's uh, it's on my list yeah. for sure. Um, 
only negative side I would say is that it's pretty short. It's about probably finish it in like two hours. Um, cool. And like I think on Steam or Itch or Humble, it's on all those places. And Switch, it's like fifteen to twenty bucks. I can't remember exactly, but so it's a little harsh there, kind of. But it's still really good. And if you have Apple stuff, then it's on Apple Arcade, so it's probably worth playing there. So nuts. I'm gonna play it. I think on my iPad on Apple Arcade. My my plan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. I'm. I'm. I hadn't heard of this, but I'm. I'm interested in it now. It looks. It looks interesting. Yeah. I yeah, don't know same. how it would control with iPad, but I'm also old because it is a first-person game, and I. I personally find touch touch screen controls for moving someone around in a like. Uh, oh, I hate person, it. And like a wazzy space is weird, but yeah. But if it's more of an adventure puzzle kind of slower pace thing, oh yeah, then I, it's totally. fine. I can. I can get over it for that. I can't stand. Yeah, there's it no if it's, reactions. Yeah. Um. Like I can't play Call of Duty Mobile with touchscreen controls, for example. But I just yeah. plug in a controller and then yep. I yeah. win the game. <laughs> yeah, it's very slow paced. And in case anyone is worried in like the Firewatch sense or like the gone home sense, if there's any horror elements to it, no. No. No, it's chill. That's too bad. I'm kidding. Yeah. What if they do they do some interesting stuff, but yeah, yeah. worlds go five nights at Freddy's on you. I mean, like you're kind of looking at like CRT TVs with like scan lines going on, and like sometimes there's static, so you could see oh, how it could turn into that. But I can get my FNAF fix. Mm-hmm. Great. Y'all know how much we're I not love those starting. Games. We're not starting an FNAF fix. <laughs> <laughs> I have before argued that those are the worst video games ever made. So have no. They're fear. up there. But yeah, so that's nuts. Um, totally it's worth nuts. Um, it's that's nuts, man. That's These nuts. Futs. Yeah, but no, it's good. It's chill. Made by a really small team. All right. Yeah. Uh, let's let's take a five minute TV show break. <laughs> what what is what is the show? All right. So um, yeah, I finished. I started and finished a show this week, which is called Keep Your Hands Off Isaacen. Yes! Oh my god! I Wait, love have you show. seen this? Yes! Oh, you seen it? Yeah! Did you watch it? I love it I don't remember if we talked about it. Yeah, it's yeah. so good. Um, <laughs> sorry, Pat, go for it. No, I was to say, you two should start a, like an, an, an anime fix. It seems like there's always drifting that occurs with, <laughs> with your social. I, I would be game. <laughs> we could totally do it. Um, but Isaac and... <laughs> <laughs> um... It's such a cool show. Like it's the art style is just fantastically it's unique. So good. Oh my god. Like, it's like really low fidelity for the most part. Like it looks kind of ugly in spots, but it's extremely deliberate. And then it just goes totally nuts. Like the entire show is a hundred percent a love letter to all things animation. Like all things animation, all things creative. Like if if you have ever done anything creative, if you've done creative writing or music or art or anything like that, you should 100% watch this show because it is spectacular. <laughs> like for, for, for that specific kind of mindset, I, I can't think of a show that better uh, showcases what it's like to actually like, you know, do that stuff. Yeah. And like the joy of it too, where. Oh, totally. Yeah, because there's like a couple of scenes in particular that I'm thinking about where it's just like, 
just the love of it shines through and you can see just like the process of them creating it involved. It's just so, yeah, it's so good. It's, it's awesome. Cause it's a show that's very realistic about how mm-hmm. animation is made because it, they start off with all these really big ideas where they're like, Oh, we're going to do this and we're going to do this. It's going to be so cool. And like, as the show's going on, like you can see their animation ideas coming to life around them. Like they're talking about it all excitedly. And like, yeah. the anim- animators of this show are animating it around them, but they're amateurs. So when they make it, it doesn't look as good. And it's a little janky. And they're like, Oh, we want to do this all by hand, but we have a deadline. We have, we have like, Two days to do this. We're not going to. Yeah, they're trying to do stuff before this like club presentation, and so it's like they have a deadline. But then also, but also like one of the characters is specifically like the producer, so it's like dealing with the realities of it, uh, but also the joy of it. Yeah. So yeah, it turns into a show that's all about like compromise and like you know giving up some parts of your artistic intent for the sake of getting it done which is so realistic when you're doing anything creative with a deadline um it's really good uh i would say it's not really a binge show like i don't think i would watch all of it in one sitting it it's split up into three discrete arcs it's 12 episodes each arc is like four episodes and i think you could probably watch a four episode arc in a night and that's basically them completing one animation and they do that uh, three times overall. So I think it's worth watching that way. Oh, yeah. so good. It's, it's really uh, excellent. There's and speaking lot. of stuff, it's like, it's like all the, th- the three, the, the three main characters are all women, but it's like not sexualized in any way. They're like, just, they're clearly drawn by their love of, of, animation and then there's also like a lot of um environmental diversity which is really interesting with it um because it's specifically set in like vaguely set in like future japan like not necessarily like overtly but it's like specifically like a little bit a a few years in the future but it's like you see characters that are people of color you see like a lot like like different languages up over up over their school it's very specifically intentionally diverse in that way yeah it's really cool um (laughs) i love that show so much yeah it's really great i would recommend it pretty much anyone on this cast i think uh it would probably be a really good show to watch with someone who's never watched an anime honestly though it has some amazing references to ghibli movies Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, how are you? Also, the, also how, the opening theme song slaps. Go, how would someone go about watching "Keep Your Hands Off" Azokun? Uh, I watched it on Crunchyroll. Uh, it's on Crunchyroll. It's also on HBO Max. Um, what really? Yeah, no, they have like they have like a Crunchyroll section that's like not all of Crunchyroll, but that's like kind of like a huh. selection of shows. Um, but I was really happy to see, like, amongst, like, a lot of other popular shows, they also had Azaken. So I was I was really happy about that. So hopefully it'll kind of, like, expose it to more people. That's interesting. That's cool. So, yeah. I guess on major streaming services. All right. Well, that was your quick anime fix. Next, Pat is going to... Once again, regale us of his tales of multiplayer jubilation, stick and rock game stuff. Yes. I'm also playing Dark Souls 2, 
Switch fucking rules. Those games. I'm I'm a Souls guy now. Those games are just kind of without peer. Uh, Anyway, um, that's something that I'll have more thoughts on when I complete the series of them. Um, But yeah, so last year, my friends and I got had like a a month long obsession with Ark Survival Evolved, where we were playing on a private server that I was running, and we basically played a couple of the people that I play with will just like take two or three days off of work spontaneously and then play they played arc like for eight hours straight and stuff um so we hadn't we didn't really have one i really wanted conan exiles to stick and be the next one of those but but it did not uh so we haven't played one for a long time um since last year but one of the the people in that group noticed that this game valheim came out like earlier this week and it was like, oh, we should give this one a try. And we did. And it's very fun. So it's it's another one of those. It's a stick and rock game. I'm making I'm running a server right now for us. Um, it has a very oh. sort of low poly art style um, that mm. that they claim is like an attempt at more of like a PS1 style of art. It has less aliasing and it's got really pretty lighting, um, but definitely so, like low res textures. Interesting question. I didn't realize that it was one that a uh, server that you were hosting. Is that kind of becoming norm with this kind of game? I always thought they were oh yeah servers or a central server. So sorry, there. I'm I'm not hosting it at my like personally. I'm paying for it. Um, oh. So what you okay. do is you rent you rent a server, um, and it's like it depends on the number of players. It's usually around a dollar a slot per month, um, and then you have to start okay. at like ten slots or something. Um, uh, so, of, officially from the developers or no, from a third no. party? So from third party hosts, the, I'm using yeah. G Portal for this one. I used a different host, the name I can't remember, for Arc. Um, and okay, gotcha. Yeah, so you're you're kind of you can shop around for them. The developer recommended G Portal for for this uh, particular game because it's really new, so not very many providers have servers yet, but. What is interesting about it is that this game has a 10 player cap on servers. It is not a the problem we ran into consistently with Arc is that Arc is designed to have around 100 to 200 players on a server. So the point is you join and they have like dedicated servers that the developer hosts that are a fucking wasteland. But the point is you join a server and maybe you're playing with three or four other friends. And then you join a community of another 10 or 15 people. And then it's all about the like politics of these different communities interacting, which sounds awesome to me, except that the, it's super toxic. It becomes, if you join public communities, it immediately becomes like really, really awful. Um, Cause there's very little moderation <laughs> on the official servers. So you just get like griefing all over the place, lots of horrible language, stuff like that. So it's just not a good scene. And so that was one of our key problems with Arc is once we kind of did everything we could do, it was time to like fight the bosses and do the like actual content. Um, and it's designed for like 30 to 40 people, more like a wow raid. And we just didn't, you can adjust the difficulty, but it got really frustrating quickly. So Valheim is cool because it's a 10 player max server. It's designed primarily for three to five player groups. 
you can play it solo, but they say like, Hey, it'll be harder. Um, and the best descriptor that I saw for this game was from a steam review. Uh, it's pretty prominent. I'm not going to say their username, but you can easily find it. If you go look at steam reviews, uh, that said that Valheim is like, if, um, Skyrim and Terraria had a baby and it really liked dark souls. Um, which I think is a pretty good descriptor of what this game is. It's definitely very Terraria in its progression and kind of gameplay mechanics. It's, but it is in a 3d open world. So and can, can you like summon bosses and yes, stuff like that? So, so that's sort huh. of the point. That's sort of the progression is you are initially dropped in like it's every world is a procedurally generated world is huge. The environment, the worlds are massive and, um, there's at this point five biomes with I think nine total planned when it's out of early access. And the idea is you kind of build your little base, farm up to the best kind of equipment you can get. And then eventually you'll, you'll hit a point where you don't have the thing you need to make your stuff better or to make better stuff. And then you need to fight a boss in the biome that you're in and they have different spawning mechanics. So like the first one, and there's a little puzzle around it. So like the first one, there's a altar with a big deer over it. And it says hunt their kin or hunt his kin. And you place deer antlers on the altar and then it spawns a boss and it's this big deer. And the bosses have unique mechanics kind of by no means approaching the quality level of a dark souls boss, but still good beyond what I kind of expected. Um, like we're trying to fight this tree guy now and he like throws roots at you and then follows you around and has big sweep attacks. And in the meantime, what I like, one of the things I like is, yes, you're cutting down trees and hitting stones and stuff, but you're also going into dungeons and fighting like groups of skeletons to get resources, and you're hunting trolls as a group in, a, in the forest and stuff. So it has a pretty wide range of gameplay concepts. It's not just mm. like hit enough trees until you have the stuff you need to spawn the boss and then kill the boss. It's much more, it feels more like a kind of adventure RPG where you happen to be building the towns that you use for crafting and sleeping yourself. Uh, and it has a lot of like quality of life stuff. Like food never expires in this game. Unlike most of these games, usually these games have a concept of like, Oh, well the game's still running when you're offline and you have to get in and log in and do your maintenance in the morning and fix the buildings because they're decaying. This game doesn't have any of that. We do run the server overnight, but time just passes and resources replenish during that time. You don't lose stuff. Um, and there's no concept of like the food system is really cool. There's no concept of starving in this game. It's just that you have you eat food and then it raises your maximum health and heals you up to that. And as you get hungry again, you just don't heal anymore when you lose health below that threshold. Um, same works the same way with like stamina. Um, Do you poop? No, yep. no. There's like, no. Not, there's uh, no poop. Not, not like <laughs> okay, not like well, arc. That's, yeah, yeah, that's no. I see, arc is the superior game. No pooping all over the place. <laughs> you can. There are the the physics are really good in this game, in my opinion. And by really good, I mean really good, not necessarily really realistic. <laughs> uh, it's surprisingly not janky for being a super small. It's a four person Swedish team. Oh, it also has a Viking theme. I can't remember if I said that, but it's no, probably maybe obvious cool. from the name. But the story is the premise is that Odin has plucked you, like you go to Valheim. Odin has sent the Valkyries to send warriors to Valheim, and if you can fight your way out of Valheim, then you, you know, go to Valhalla. Um, 
but uh uh you can cut trees down and the trees have physics. They fall and they're big. They're like really tall and they can fall on you and kill you. But <laughs> if you, for example, make your fort at the bottom of a hill and then cut a tree down and then the log rolls down the hill, it can just take out your entire building. And when Hell stuff yeah. like that happens, it is very funny. Um, and, uh, and, and I enjoy that quite a bit. We had like, we've had a lot of, Last night we decided we were going to go fight the tree boss, so we went off and built a little like base across the river from it, and built the first like good boat um, that's not just a raft to to go across the river. And then when we got across the river and fought the boss, we got like destroyed. And then we all respawned back at this new base that we built, completely nude and with no food. It has like Dark Souls style; you have to run back to your body to pick up your stuff um and so we couldn't swim across the river because we didn't have enough stamina and health to do it so we had to then like run all the way back naked through the forest to get back to the old base where we had some stuff that could allow us to like transport to the where the boss was and pick up our bodies who hasn't done that though to be honest (laughs) yeah is it like rust where you got a big old ding dong swinging around nope nope it's very much not it doesn't have that Kind no of poop, stuff. no ding dong. No, I. Which you know that stuff is very <laughs> funny. Uh, what do you? What do your you character does us? scream in the slash yell, so the whole server sees it. Uh, I have okay. arrived when you log on. <laughs> very funny. He's not okay, in that's control. pretty good. When you log on, you just and if you're standing near them, the screen shakes. Because uh, <laughs> oh, right. that's very good. good. The thing that I, one of the things I love about this game is the combat is like far and above what most of these games usually have for combat. And part of that's because the screen shake is aggressive. You can turn it off if that's something that makes you uncomfortable. Like, you know, for accessibility and comfort reasons, it's good that it can be turned off. But I love it because when you hit something with a club, the screen just goes crazy. Uh, And, uh, you know, it has like parrying and stuff like that. So uh, it has a kind of Dark Souls light combat. so, and it it's I recommend it for sure. Is it like Dark Souls or even Terraria to an extent where it's not explicit about what like you have to do to like find a boss or whatever? Or is it like a kind of you discover it on your own and then like yeah. you tell your buddies like, oh shit, look what I just found, and then you get wrecked by giant skulls rolling down a hill or something? Yep, that's totally what it's like. You you're you're kind okay. of there's a lot of discovery. And since it's so new, a lot of the information around it is incomplete in the way that kind of happens with FromSoft games. Um, it's been in alpha for like three years, so there's some mechanics that are well mined, but the early access release is like the first huge update. And what happened was they were originally taking donations to fund the alpha development, so that's why it was moving so slow. But they recently got picked up by Coffee Stain Studios, which is the mm-hmm. publishers of Deep Rock Galactic and yeah. publisher and developer Satisfactory and Goat Simulator. Um, so they have uh, influx of cash now and can actually like work through this game i would also say i don't know anything about the people who make it i don't know i will say that like viking themed games made by norse developers sometimes or swedish developers as this team is there's a little bit of like i don't know if down the road it's gonna i'm gonna feel bad for playing this game um there's been a couple of games that the developers have ended up being not great people uh but this game right out the bat like it has gender options and like a, a skin tone slider that's like pretty, it's very inclusive. So 
I, I'm not as concerned about it as I would be with stuff like Mordheim, where it's like, oh, yeah, you can only be a white guy at launch. Weird. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> uh, that's interesting. I'm uh, looking at an article that came out about this 18 hours ago. Apparently, there's also sailing in this game, and yes. uh, someone got to the edge of the world. Yeah, mm. it's a big and, world, but it wouldn't be that hard. But what they found at the edge is pretty good. Uh, I won't is spoil it in case you don't want to know. No, no, I'd like to find that out. We'll, we'll we have one yeah, thing that's interesting with these games. That will the other thing mechan- about mechanics that I'll say that is another big selling point for me is your character is your character. It's more like you're making a Diablo character. You're not like making a character for the server you're playing on. You're making oh. a character that is oh, like kind of saved locally. That's like Terraria then. Yes, exactly. So yeah. you can play. So like if, if we take a break and decide to shut our server down, we can keep our characters and start a new server and then just kind of breeze through the early game or even skip it mm-hmm. entirely because all of the, the knowledge for crafting stuff is tied to your character. So mm-hmm. you could like theoretically spawn on a new procedurally generated server and then just immediately make the best boat. If you already know how to do it uh, from having played it before. So that part's kind of nice too. Uh, and that they will yeah. track across single player and multiplayer servers. Um, the one risk factor is if you have really good armor, for example, and go on a public server and then someone like somehow griefs you, the PVP is consensual. So you can't just like kill people, but uh, someone griefs you and takes all your stuff somehow, then you can't get it back. Uh, Cause mm. it's, it does like constantly save your character. Um, yeah. But the thing I was cool. going to say before we can move on is these games always create a weird political space in my group because we, um, you know, we're close friends and we play a lot of games together. It's like three, the three of us play call of duty all the time. And we play a couple other games together. And then the fourth guy doesn't really play competitive games, but whenever a co-op game comes up, he, he jumps in for it. But (laughs) it just, there's such interesting dynamics of like people getting frustrated at each other for doing different things. And like, one person taking a day off from work to like discover a bunch of mechanics and build a bunch of stuff and then hold a seminar in the evening and we're all <laughs> kind of told how the game works and it's really frustrating. It's um, a lunch and learn. Yeah, so it's interesting the way that it draw these games draw out like there because ultimately it's a game and the consequences are pretty minimal. I think they can be interesting ways to build and understand the communication in groups of friends better because it's very much like the equivalent of like we're going to work on this project together together. We're embarking on a project. And I, that's one of my favorite things about this game. These games is like, I got very frustrated yesterday that my one friend took a bunch of time off of work apparently to like build a portal network so we could fast travel between our bases. Cause I was like, Oh, that would have been a fun thing for us to like learn about together. And now I've logged in and that's just here. But at the same time, it, what it really came down to was it was a useful way for me to like think about those feelings and why that frustrated me and then place it contextually in we're just playing a game together and it's just for fun and then got getting over it very quickly because in the end it wasn't super consequential and it's a much I would much rather work through those feelings in this environment rather than like my professional environment. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they're really, if you have people that you uh, want to play something like this with, I think they're, they're good for kind of building some of those communication skills also. Uh, 
So yeah, I don't know. It's really fun. There's even things like there's a diversity of weapons in it. If you use knives, you, they do more backstab damage. So you can kind of like, we have one person who's trying to spec that way and is using better sneaking armor. So he's like doing stealth and backstabbing while we pull stuff and like kind of manage aggro. And you could totally focus on being like a ranged character if you wanted to and be the person who shoots the bow. So it's it's a cool game. And I think if you've ever been interested in this genre, but been turned off by some of the more like maintenance and jank elements, it's worth checking out. Cool. All right. Nice. Well, my turn. And there's momentous news this week. Ooh, yay. Our, our national nightmare, our international nightmare is finally over. Sorry, I Andre. was able to obtain. I will, I will never apologize to you again. Oh, you will be ashamed of your words and deeds. Why? <laughs> when you when you find out the truth of uh, Quiet and Metal Gear Solid Five, you will be ashamed of your words and deeds. Mm-hmm. What? I already know the truth of Quiet. That's what Kojima said about Quiet when people were like, "Bro, why did you make oh, a right. lady who has no yeah. clothes on?" It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you'll find out. You'll find and out it's the like, story. And then the story and is that story is like, mm, she, she has breathes hard breathes through breathes her skin. <laughs> yeah, it's like, photosynthesizes, nope, baby. this is stupid still. This is bad. Well, yeah, this like, this bad. doesn't make it better no. at all. It's just If anything, dumb. it makes it worse because yeah. you used, like, disability and trauma as an excuse to <laughs> make us... It would almost even be better if it was just like, I don't know, I wanted a sexy lady yes. in my game. It's okay, okay to want a sexy lady in your game. Andre... Did when you received your entry to the modern era, did you stretch like Quiet does on that helicopter? Oh, I did like the whole like shower scene with the PS5. <laughs> oh, so more like a death. <laughs> so now, so now, now your PS5 does death not stranding. Work. No, See, no, death the Metal Gear Solid, the Metal Gear Solid Five shower scene. Oh, I haven't seen that. Yeah, well, it's, you weren't it's, cranking it's real it? good when when they replace like the model when they like swap Quiet's model with Big Boss or Ocelot, and it's just. Well, I'm just I'm more of a Death Stranding Norman person Reedus where in there. the sexualized character is Norman Reedus. <laughs> I don't even yeah. I'm gonna go so far as yeah. to say the fetishized character is yeah. Norman Reedus. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's every, yeah. Mm. God. So, so uh, how's the PS5, Andre? Uh, it, it's it's neat. Uh, it like I was playing Astrobot, and there were a lot of moments just like going around the world, seeing all the little om- uh, homages to playstation like franchises or not even necessarily playstation but games that were on the playstation um, like in goes too you should finish it <laughs> no i i i finished the levels i didn't like 100 it but i i finished all the levels uh, so you so did I'll the like final or, boss and stuff yeah 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 yeah, yeah. it's fun uh, so yeah it's, it's a really neat time yeah and like seeing things like oh that's cute haha and you know yeah. it was I, it yeah made me, I... like laugh and smile a lot more than i was expecting yeah, no, I, I specifically laughed a couple of times Wait, because I was just yeah. like, this is so fun. Wait, Andre, you can smile? You can no. derive joy from video games? What? Sometimes. Sometimes. I, <laughs> I played... I'm, I'm going to let you finish, and I will apologize one more time to you. Um, when you're done, I did play one other thing I can talk about for two minutes that I actually forgot I played. Oh, oh no, please. Uh, wh- On what PS5? Yes, so I oh, checked out some okay. of that Destruction All-Stars game. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. my God. I have it installed. I actually think you should play it. It's the worst game that I have find weirdly alluring <laughs> okay. and will be playing more of it this weekend because it's oh, so- paper thin 
And I don't think it's particularly good because the, the it controls pretty well. Like it feels good to play. The cars feel good to drive. Smashing into stuff feels is fun. It's so there's so little there. Like it is. It feels like an alpha for something. Um, because would you would you say it's like the Bridgerton of video games? Oh God. <laughs> I don't know much enough about Bridgerton. Uh, you, you don't uh, need to. It's okay. it's like I watched it this the, week and it was. Uh. Destruction All Stars is but, so yeah. much like they were like, what if we did Overwatch with cars? That's like what this game is trying to, to is, be. What if we did Twisted Metal, but we didn't bring back David Jaffe? What if we did <laughs> Twisted Metal and it wasn't there was you can, no. And you can get out of the car like there's no guns that. on the cars. So mm-hmm, like you just mm-hmm, run into yeah. each other. Mm hmm. Um, and when you get out of the car, all you can do is hit square to maybe nail another player who's running around on foot nice. or try to steal someone's car. Uh, um, uh, there's a hot wait, coffee mod. Uh, uh, not that kind of thing. <laughs> also, wait, also, isn't this game $70 if you don't get it for free? Like, isn't its retail price $70? I, well, so and wasn't there you something would, about it? You would, so you would need PS Plus to play it anyway. So, right. yeah. But only until like the end of April or something, right? Yeah, it's like two months. I don't know so, what they're going to do about the price. Yeah, I can't I could begin see to imagine paying it, especially if, this. especially if like reviews and sentiment is bad. It seems like a game they could like work on and try to improve. It has time, currency but... that you can buy in it, so like just keep it free. Yeah, is is my yeah. make it a thing where you need PS Plus to play it. Mm-hmm. Don't even take it out of the PS Plus library. Like, yeah, just make it a thing you can access if you have PS Plus. In that context, I could see keeping it on my hard drive as like, oh, I'll play a couple rounds. They're short and it's kind of mm-hmm. fun. What I, the reason I want to wanted to bring it up is because with you when you're talking about Astrobot, it does really cool stuff with the controller. That's the thing is mm-hmm. the it uses sound from the controller along with the vibration mm-hmm. to to feel like really good. It feels really there's good feedback and then like the brake, the way that the trigger tightens for braking is like really a really good mm. sign for driving games on the ps5 mm. i think because it feels awesome that's cool um, that's neat and the way it rumbles as you like accelerate and stuff it just the controller is awesome in this game and um that's i think part of the reason i'm enjoying it because there's not a lot of games that really lean into the controller stuff yeah and yeah. and, and the dual sense is really nice yes. and i want more games to like and hopefully more will in the future but i I, I, I might actually download it just to play, like you should, you should just try to hang out with the uh, dual yeah. sense. Yeah. And, and I'll say, as long as you remember to mute the voice chat in every round, because oh, you have mm. to do that. Uh, uh, gross. It, you can do it in two seconds as it loads. Okay. So it's not bad, but you have to hit the PlayStation button and then square when you're in the match. Um, stupid. Uh, Andre, have you, have you gotten used to how you turn the console off yet? Uh, seem it seems fine like uh, yeah it's not super difficult uh it it is weird like hitting the playstation button and having like that extra menu of like here's all the shit in the game that you can like uh do right now or like you know your progress and stuff is like wait what am i oh okay yeah, i have to go down to like the smaller menu um so that's like a little weird but like it, it's not super like difficult or anything I'll, I'll tell you what sucks and my last thought on destruction all stars is if you have ps plus you should download and play it if you have a ps5 check it out play it it's fun enough worth your time for an hour or whatever and then if you're a masochist like me maybe you'll play it every now and then um it made me want to play rocket league i'll say because mm. uh, that's a better game with cars uh what sucks is when i this past week i played um 
some games on PS4 Pro because I was playing I've been playing PS4 games on my PS5 with like the Souls games and mm-hmm. um Geese games and we wanted to watch something on the TV that we want to watch something on the PS5 and uh so I was like oh I have my PS4 on my desk I'll just put my mm-hmm. saves on it and so I can keep playing and trying to go from resting like pushing the buttons to make the PlayStation 5 rest mm-hmm. and then going back to a PS4 <laughs> I was like mm. launching apps because I was just tapping it and then pushing left and hitting X. <laughs> and oh gosh, yeah. Like, no, 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 no. Uh, yeah, it's I'm now I have to find someone relatively local to me to buy my PS4 Pro and maybe my games because uh, mm. I'm probably not going to touch my disc games. Like I, I got the disc one because you know I want to watch some Blu-rays, but. Uh, yeah, I just you know I'm not going to revisit Mass Effect Andromeda anytime soon. <laughs> that's that's I wouldn't uh, don't 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 yeah, exactly. write checks that you can't cash. Um, I, I I I feel confident in my assessment of that game, which is it's fine and but also disappointing uh, for a multitude of reasons that aren't the that weren't the technical issues. I'll say I'm glad that I ended up with the disc one because it's been awesome to play Dark Souls on yeah, PS5 sure. and that I have the remastered trilogy on disc. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I've I picked up Bloodborne and I picked up Spider Man and I played a little bit of both and uh, they're both very good. It's nice to have like the fast loading. Yeah, the that's... thing. Oh that... my gosh, it's it, it's it's hard to imagine how I didn't have that as, as somebody that went from a PlayStation like base playstation 4 to a playstation 5 i'm like oh my Uh, god it's so nice (laughs) currently the thing i'm looking forward most now that i have like a ps5 in hand and i have like played astrobot is it made me go oh ratchet and clank is going to be very good because astrobot has so much in common with like the structure of a ratchet and clank yeah yeah. Uh, and uh, so i'm very excited about that yeah that'll be really fun i'm excited for that What other um, PS5 games are you looking forward to then, Andre? Or like, uh, are there games you're looking I mean, to get back to? Deathloop, uh, yeah, of yeah, course, well, yeah. we've talked oh, about it a million mm-hmm. times over. Uh, Neo yeah. 2 just dropped their remaster today, yeah. and so that's a free upgrade if you own it, or you can oh, cool. like buy it. Um, so, and then there's like a free upgrade for if you own the base, for if you own like the season pass. And then also that. Neo One is also updated, and if you own Neo One, that's also got a remaster that's the free. The only thing that sucks about cool. that is I think if you own Neo One but not the DLC for it, you don't get the DLC, mm, which is yeah. fair. But it also at that point takes over into maybe I should just buy the whole collection because the, the DLC the by itself. You yeah, but the DLC by itself is like ten or fifteen dollars for the season pass, and if you just get the complete collection. You actually don't spend as much on yeah. Neo One. That's mm-hmm. I, I don't have any plans to go back to Neo One. Um, I never played good, it. So oh, I bought it and then I played it for a couple hours and loved it, but then just fell off. Because you you are it's not life. a it's not a you know an East thing where you're missing story or anything. No, they're no. completely separate uh, <laughs> and similarly similar enough mechanically. Uh, there's like some added stuff in two, but there it's definitely two is definitely building on. Yeah, uh, I might play two first. I would just like to have the ability to go back, sure. and because I, as as a Souls guy now, um, <laughs> I I want the breadth of content available across both yeah. games. Yeah, I'm 
considering playing Control on the PS5 instead of on, like, to play the DLC, because, like, the Ultimate Edition is PS Plus game right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I could buy the DLC on PC and play it with my new graphics card and probably look better and, like, higher frame rate. Or I could play, like, in, you know, do all that. So I'm like, I'll try it on and see if, like, the controller stuff is okay. Um, but, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm just happy to have it and, like, feel like I want to play games on PlayStation and console again. Because, yeah. like, I, it just became, like, I don't want to look at my PlayStation with, like, the, the loading and stuff. I'm just like, I'm that's, done with you. You make that's me been sick. The big thing for me is I was hitting a point like every if you listen to the show I was very skeptical about the PS5 and yes. about new consoles and basically the whole t- I had to be dragged kicking and screaming into it and then kind of got my console then, on a whim then, yeah you happened and to be I able to order it yeah, yeah and felt bad about it basically the whole time until it got to my door but now that I've been playing more on it I'm like no I want to play all of these FromSoft games that I've wanted to play for a long time I want to do it on this console now because I really like the controller the loading feels and the loading and performance feels more on par with what I get out of my PC. And mm-hmm. I was, I had convinced myself that I hated sitting on the couch and that I wanted to sit at a desk, but it really was just the platform. It, it mm-hmm. wasn't, it wasn't mouse and keyboard over controller or anything. It was yeah. just the platform. I still want to play shooters on PC cause I'm better at them there. Yeah, sure. I will play, probably play death loop on PC. Um, but I'm, I'm. I hope you play it on PS5, Andre, so you can give me a review on the controller stuff and tell me if I really it, need to do it. it it'll mo- probably depend on um, Game Pass yes. situation with that, which and, we don't. But really I might know. pick it up like on sale if I end up liking the yeah, game a yeah. lot, and uh, uh, you know, pick it up on sale later and be like, oh yeah, no, the controller stuff's cool. But I, I wish they would figure out a way to just like implement all the cool like haptic stuff and the trigger stuff on pc um you know for games that support it or developers who want to support it like hitman and stuff like you know they they probably don't have any like controller stuff but i bet you sony is discouraging people from doing that since it is a big selling point of the system yeah Uh, given like the way that they treat vr like the hitman vr stuff is a playstation exclusive it's playstation 4 exclusive yeah don't get me started, but that they probably think of the dual sense as a you buy a PlayStation 5. Part of the reason is to use the dual sense. Yeah. So um I doubt we'll see it on PC anytime soon. I'm sure that people will will engineer it, like mm-hmm. get it working. Um yeah. like like ha- hobbyist developers and stuff, but I doubt you'll see official support for it within games. Yeah, you won't be like you won't be able to boot up a game and play it with that stuff most yeah. likely. Maybe you maybe modded in, I don't know. But yeah. Yeah, I, I'm enjoying it. I'm looking forward to just being able to spend some more time in games and like the fact, like being able to just boot things up so quick is like another like okay, I can just get in here, I can play a little bit, and then like being able to check and go, okay, this is going to take me five more minutes or whatever. I can I can finish this out or no, I just need to stop right now and go do a thing. Um, is nice from like the the hint system or whatever it is, uh, the activities menu. Somebody with the human touch. You said stop. You right got now. the touch. <laughs> you got the power. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. So again, you'll all be ashamed of your words and deeds, but for now, I've got a PS5. Uh, and that's going to take us into news. Ooh. Ooh.
speaking of a shame <laughs> of their words and deeds, Stadia has discontinued internal game development at Stadia. All their internal studios have been people are either reassigned to other parts of Google or are that that's a lie and leave this leave <laughs> that there are probably very few people who are actually able to be reassigned within Google. Yeah. Like realistically, a lot of those people are going to be looking at new jobs. Yeah. Like, especially um, if you're like, you wanted to make games and then suddenly yeah. it's like, yeah, like, Okay, programmers, browser like 404 error games. Yeah, totally. Like the most people in a game studio, you got your artists, you got your game designers, you got your sound designers. Like, hey, you hey, Google needs Google Doodles. Yeah, artists, uh, they got things to do. <laughs> not 3D artists. Hey, hey, they, there's always room for them to uh, branch out in a new, new Doodle territory. But they did like stop. They did stop tilt brush development too. So, oh yeah, right. But yeah, I feel like just coming at it from a programmer side of view, like Google, if if they wanted to hire people for new roles, they would have hired people for those roles. So if they're just kind of being shoved in there, those people will be the first on the chopping block. Oh yeah, and and Google lays people off like fucking crazy. So they're going to be gone fast. Shut up. You, I don't know if you heard that. It thought I, I was talking to my Google assistant. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't talking to you. To you. <laughs> yeah, I think it's always it's uh, hard to speculate at a, yeah. like with 100% accuracy on what's happening inside no, companies of that we're not in, but they don't have a they don't have a great track record. And they yeah. have no, a very absolutely bad not. track record. It's and not surprising that this happened. No, I, I mean, like, like, I think when this news came out, all of us were kind of like, oh yeah. The, okay. No, like it wasn't necessarily like shocking. It was. No, it this is also stuff they like people they brought on a lot of people they brought on after Stadia launched and they're like, oh, and now we're bringing on people to start first party development for Stadia games. Like what? Yeah. Your product, your, your product is launched and now you're starting development on first party games. My favorite, my favorite response to this news was a tweet that was a picture of Phil Harrison and it said 47, I will leave you to prepare. (laughs) (laughs) That's really good. Like I, I'm going to say like, I don't have a lot of hopes for stadia, but I don't necessarily see this news as like this ship is sinking. I mean, It's just like it's it, shitty. It's yeah. I mean, it, could Stadia still theoretically come through it? Yeah, totally. Will it? Uh, it's, it to me, it's like the ship never left the harbor. Like yeah, there, there were two ships that were supposed to sail out together, and one of them stayed in the harbor, and the other one's kind of stuck somewhere, like not quite off the horizon. There, there are um, a lot of ships leaving the harbor, that, and. <laughs> And yeah. that one ship is all poop deck. Yes. <laughs> a dump in the dark. Stadia yes. exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've got to be, I got to be honest with you. I am disappointed for people. I mean, it sucks for people to lose their potentially lose their jobs or have to move around within mm-hmm. the company at the very least. So I, I'm not saying yeah. I'm happy about this in any way, but the idea of Stadia exclusives made me very unhappy from day one because i was like if these are studios yeah. that could be making awesome games on multiple platforms and i'm gonna have to 
use a streaming service to play them, that sucks. Well, it so. it sinks a lot of like the talk about Stadia. Like, oh, you can you know with, by doing it all in the cloud and like on the Stadia stuff, like you can do you know tons of people, like you know way more people in like multiplayer games. Well, they, it's always been they never, well, yeah, they yeah, yeah, never, yeah. they never implemented any of this. Yeah. Well, ex- well, yeah, exactly. It, and if they're killing off their you know their first party internal studios they're really never going to get any of that off the ground because no one is going to like pat said like people people don't want to make exclusive stadia games because that's such a limited market so i think there is a potential i'm not predicting they will do this because i think that there's an equal potential that the service as a whole be dead in a year and a half but i think (laughs) i could see google saying you know what we're not a game developer. We shouldn't have gone down this road. And then saying to like Ubisoft or someone, "Hey, we're going to give you two hundred million dollars to make a Stadia exclusive," and and sure. and courting some existing developers to make Stadia exclusive games that aren't owned by Google. Um, I mean, they did that with like that one that one game. There was a, yeah, like, I forget was the it name. Moving. Of it. I don't even I remember that they bought that studio. Maybe I don't know. Well, uh, they probably don't exist the, anymore. I thought that the story on that was that game was in development and they were an indie studio, and then Google bought them and then turned it into a Stadia exclusive. Maybe, but yeah. I could be wrong sounds, on that for sure. It I, sounds I remember feasible. people weren't like very it wasn't impressed a with it either. Yeah. yeah, it seemed like it was a an okay effort for like a hey, this is our we're an indie studio and this is our first puzzle platform God, or whatever they, it was. But as a, hey, here is a Stadia yeah, not exclusive, a, not like, a slow like, system seller. Okay, yeah. They really fucked up the timing too, didn't they? Because wasn't this the same week they were finally like, "Oh, LG TVs are going to come with like Stadia stuff like built in now." Like yeah, literally the same yeah. week, I think. Uh, like it's which th- that should have been there at launch, and it also should work on Chromecasts, other than the one you have to buy specifically for Stadia. Yep. yep. Um, I mean, they oh, also should have figured out getting Stadia. it to work on on Apple devices before launching. <laughs> Because I mean, I get that Apple doesn't play ball on that, but it's yeah. It's, the technology is so good, but they have still just fucked up everything around it so I'm bad. Not, I mean, the technology is cool. I'm not convinced that it's necessarily as it's, good. It's really impressive. Yeah, it's just I don't know. It's so dependent on your connection, yes. and it's so dependent on like. Also, when you connect to when I connected to a PUBG game in it for free, I would never buy PUBG on there, but it was free to play on there for a bit. The game looked like ass. It looked like the mobile version and it ran like shit. And it was there was a ton of video artifacting and lag. So it's just like, Mm -hmm. what on earth? I'm not arguing that the technology at a base level isn't impressive, but they it's been it, it's utilized. not the promise it, no. of, of what they and it's saying, not even yeah. good it's not like i mean they promised the moon they could have at least delivered like the stratosphere instead it's like playing mobile games in your browser basically i mean same with farming your roof looks like shit and i i remember hearing that cyberpunk was okay on it but well, i never tried it myself so i'm sure that like, it, Cyber- was, it was it was apparently better than the pc version yeah I'm not surprised that was, Cyberpunk yeah. of all games was the most play was playable on it better than yeah you know not a very good baseline for that game. Well, that's our Stadia check-in. We'll be back. Who knows? Probably when it's discontinued. 
I, I can't imagine when it's, when unless it's, when it's, it's like in, super successful somehow, but when it's in the Google graveyard or whatever it's called. So I think the reason the it could live for a longer time is it might be more complicated for them to dismantle <laughs> it than to just quietly let it exist in the background. No, they need to give like 12 people steam keys for like farm simulator 2019. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll that's the thing is I don't know how complicated that would be if, Knowing Google, there's every possibility they didn't come up with an exit strategy beforehand, and they have to figure out what they're going to do about that before they can kill it. So uh, they'll just wrap it up into YouTube Premium. <laughs> uh, I mean, what I would imagine is they'll stop selling when they're ready to kill it. They'll stop selling the games, but say like, "You can still access the stuff you bought." And yeah, then rest in peace, Google Play it. Music. Anyways, uh, next story. Ooh, only good news here. Yakuza creator Toshihiro Nagoshi is going to be the creative director at Sega. He has been at like a very high position at Sega recently. Um, yeah, CFO? Something like that. But he is stepping back from that and taking on creative director role at the studio at large. Oh, yeah. So he'll have oh, a bigger influence man. there. Which I wonder is good if that means... Yakuza fucking rips. What what does that mean for the next Sonic? What's he gonna do to Sonic? Oh is God! Gonna be in Sonic. Make him fuck. <laughs> wait, wait. You're, are you no, saying big, make Sonic fuck cat. or make Kiryu fuck? Sonic. Okay. Kiryu big, would never big, do that. No, Kiryu would never. <laughs> <laughs> Kiryu, Kiryu, Kiryu is my would Yakuza never. dad, and that's not how that's, that's not how dads work. Kiryu has to go to jail, so he can't fuck. Yeah. But what about Big the Cat? That he's already fucking Are you kidding me. <laughs> uh, I'm sure so you have yeah, plenty of art on the internet <laughs> to prove it. Uh, I, I, you know, we can only really speculate on what what this means for the studio. But hey, that that seems like a, a cool move and. Yakuza so is good. doing some really, really fantastic stuff. And so if people behind that are getting more like influence throughout Sega, um, that that's I a, have a plus in my book. I think Absolutely. that as part of this move, you know, like the Sega logo at the beginning, they should change it for every single game. It should be Kiryu um, walking up to an arcade cabinet with the Sega <laughs> logo coming up. <laughs> Every, to imply yeah. that every single Sega game going forward, including Total War games, There's is played by a Kiryu <laughs> in an arcade. arcade cabinet by Kiryu. <laughs> also, they should open every game, at least the PC versions, with what they do in Yakuza, which is a big red screen with a gamepad and says, "Real Yakuza, use a gamepad." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and don't yes. and don't do also, drugs. Also, every game. In, also including Total War, even yes. though those yes. cannot be played with a gamepad. <laughs> Speaking of speaking of Sega, this is unrelated to the news we have here, and it's not written down. But did you see the stupid crossover they're doing with Puyo Puyo? Oh, the oh, Danganronpa. New Danganronpa Puyo Puyo. What? I did yeah. not see that. Holy one and Danganronpa one and two Puyo Puyo. Yeah, n- not three. <laughs> what? V three, please. Oh, in other yeah, Sega sorry. news before. Yeah, it, that's very important, and it oh. legitimately is. Um, yeah. Oh. Oh, what is? <laughs> no, it's Library legit. Not, Why was this not in our not news? Because this is like another thing that should have been in our news. I know everyone was waiting, patient, like impatiently for it. Uh-huh. 
Total War Warhammer 3, Three. has been announced. Still oh. not Total Warhammer, damn it. God oh. damn it. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, Next story. Speaking of Japanese game companies. Creative Business Unit 2, you already know what it is. Final Fantasy 14, next expansion, coming out this year, fall 2021, Endwalker. Yeah. I saw yeah. one Austin Walker getting pretty incensed at the name. Here. <laughs> They're targeting him directly. And, and he plays Final Fantasy 14, I'm, so it's I'm doing my best. <laughs> uh, that event was wild. It was like two hours and packed with information. So what I think is weird and what I didn't realize, I mean, I assumed that the story has been ongoing, but I didn't understand that it, that there could be an end and then they could start another one with an expansion. If that makes sense. Like I thought each story for each expansion was kind of its own thing with the same characters going through evolutions and stuff like they can, that. They can do whatever they want. Um, they they are. Yeah. So I don't understand but, how this is the ending. If they're going to do another story. Well, so is it, there is it it's, the Endwalker story, the story that launches in the expansion will finish with like in it'll just be f- a complete thing, and then in the patch it's just okay we're starting a new story here, right? So yes, that's kind of what they've done in the other expansions. Though I don't know, but they have very explicitly said uh, that this is going to be the end of the Hydaelyn and Zodiac series, like, which has okay. been the one since like one and okay. a realm reborn. So like okay. this will be the end of the scions, it will be the end of all these characters you know apparently. Like the story okay. they've set up for the past 10 years is the dragons this is and the the the, the, the priests yeah, the, the fuck fucking the dragons and thereof. Yeah. <laughs> I just think um, it'll be interesting to see what that means when they start a new story. Yeah. The, the whole community is interested in seeing yeah, what yeah, that yeah, means sure. cuz like you know what it, you know what it means. Really it means blitzball. <laughs> they did say that on stage. It's going to be a sports uh, anime. It's going to be a sports RPG. They have some Final Fantasy X stuff in there and Final Fantasy IV stuff for that matter. But it it seems like it's going to be really cool, honestly. Um, Yoshi P, uh, fan favorite, he's dedicated himself to making this his life work, is what he said on stage. Like, people were worried about him retiring after this. Like, it was a rumor for a long time. And he's like, nah, man, I'm going to be here till I die, basically. Oh, <laughs> He, I think, I think he's in he his like old. late forties or early fifties, yeah. maybe. Yeah. 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 So like he he intends to work on this. Forty-seven years old. Time. So you're probably gonna get like another twenty years of at least. <laughs> I mean, he's not gonna die yeah. in twenty years. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> no, he's Japanese. Oh, he's gonna be gonna alive say. for another like fifty. Yes, he'll be alive <laughs> yeah. for another forty to fifty years. Yeah. I sincerely and doubt he's actually going to work on it until the day he dies. No. Well, unless he's like a. Like a Hayao Miyazaki type, where he's going to retire seven times and just keep coming back. Yeah, and just, he's going to retire That's and then be like, "Ah, oh, fuck it, time Final to come Fantasy back." 14 and 14 make two, Final yeah. Fantasy fourteen three. Well, yeah. I mean, what's cool about the way that video games work now is they could just put a whole new visual wrapper on this game in a few years, like dedicate a ton of resources to mm-hmm. making it look like a next gen game or whatever. A and realm re reborn. It it is coming to PS5, Pat. Yeah, with I, updated I th- HD graphics and uh, 60 FPS, like 4K, 4K visuals whatever. and stuff. I think yeah. that the character models on this game are starting to. They still look good because they're of a certain style and stuff. Mm-hmm. But the when it's I played some of it, age. when I played it, some of it last year, I was like, "Yep, this is a game from like several Could years ago." Um, 
which is fine. I'm enjoying a PlayStation 3 game that has been remastered for PS4 yeah. myself right now deeply, so I am the last person to complain about dated mm. visuals. In some ways, I'm sure. coming to prefer old visuals and not just the like created old visuals of new games, but actual old games and how they look. Well, but, I'm stealing this segue right now. If you love old visuals and PS3, Xbox 360 games, boy howdy, GoldenEye remaster <laughs> was leaked. And you can play the Xbox 360 wow. remaster, I guess, if you, if you uh, can emulate a 360 on your machine. Or have like a debug yeah. kit or something. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, if you want to see a deep dive on it, uh, MVG, who we've uh, recommended on this podcast before, Modern Vintage Gamer, has a pretty extensive video on what happened with the leak and like how it happened and just kind of what the game is like. It's really cool. If I could just boot that on an Xbox, I totally would, but I don't want to go through the work of <laughs> getting it running. You, I mean, you probably could on like an Xbox Series S. Um, well, I have a One I, X. Video Games Chronicle. Video Games Chronicle ran a review. That's hilarious. <laughs> that is very fun. <laughs> that is really funny. That's great. Yeah, I didn't see that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was basically other. finished, right? The whole remaster. It was pretty, yeah. yeah, pretty damn close. Let's see. Uh, let's see how many stars I'm, they I'm gonna, give it, or if they what rating. I, I'm going to take one step back. Y'all should play Final Fantasy 14. It's really good. <laughs> I, it's still on my list. I'm actually going to check out that PS5 remaster because I bought everything on PS4 when it was on sale, so I could play it. There oh yeah, PC. you're set. Because um, it's a free and I made a character. So. I managed to slide in and make a character on the server that my friend plays on while it was open briefly. So that character is ready and waiting for me to log into and play through. <laughs> Uh, yeah. so, um, five star review from Video Games Chronicle. <laughs> there are pros really? cons. <laughs> Pro: nearly every texture in the game has been replaced and improved. Now runs uh-huh. at a silky smooth sixty frames per second. The nice. dual stick control system works like an absolute dream. Who would have guessed? Uh-huh. Makes yeah, an I mean, game feel modern, even thirteen years down the line. There's one con: Boris and Natalia are still a pain in the backside. Uh-huh. <laughs> Wait, does it have the multiplayer? I actually don't remember. I I I would I, I guess. Yeah, it's Yeah, I do I do love that they they just did a full review. That's great. That's very funny. Yeah. Yeah, it's it is extensive. It is uh, yeah. Yeah, I, oh, I pulled it up and it's like this is a long review, dang. Uh, <laughs> um and next up we alluded to this earlier. Oh. Every, everyone oh loves Resident oh, Evil's tall vampire lady, Lady Dimitrescu. I, bone to pick I don't up. even know how to. I don't even know how to say it. Um, everyone wants her to step on them. Uh, yeah, talking like we were talking about people on being them, like them, sit on them, horny for games, and it's like the, the like this is the most horny everybody's horny on me for, for her. This is fine. Horniness is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. When you're when you're creepy about it, and you know. Like in in this instance, Lady Dimitrescu is creepy enough. She's the creepy one here. Uh, I think the creepy one is the developer who chimed in to say, "Hey, I thought that was you want to know you want to that, that was a good. Uh, I, I like that actually. That, yeah, that, that whole was fantastic. Uh, in hat and shoes, oh. she is a nine foot six. So inches my tall. my frustration point is, I saw someone. <laughs> nothing against nothing against this this Twitter user. I don't want to like. I'm not, I don't even remember who it was. Not someone I follow, I don't think. Someone say that Lady Dimitrescu is almost as tall as the Home Depot skeleton, and that's not fucking true. A Home Depot skeleton is 12 feet tall. Yeah. If I stood next to someone who was like 
four four, you would not say, "Wow, they're almost tall." There's nothing wrong with this height disparity. Lady Dimitrescu and the the skeleton from Home Depot could still have a long and loving relationship. Just saying, we need to revisit what the word "almost" means. Yeah. Well, relative to Ethan. I mean, almost. I but think that's that not. Like, would you is, say that's even almost though? Like, I don't the know. height disparity is 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 is. I guess Ethan's probably like what six five eleven. Yeah, yeah, that would mean I, that she's much closer to the. She would I, have a yeah. I am. Yeah, but the, I have to say the statement that they released was very very good. Where it was, it was just basically funny. like it was very it was like nice. One of those apology like it looks yes, like it. Yeah. it looks a little it bit like it. Uh, like Lady Dimitrescu has especially received much fa- has received much fanfare both domestically and overseas, which has made all of us in the development team extremely happy. And it's just like you, you just <laughs> the way that they say it, just so calmly rather than like sometimes. It's and then really, also, like, this is her height. And it's like, yeah, you know that's wh- what people are looking for. Because too. of the dry <laughs> way that, like, business business people are usually, um, or in any kind of, like, professional language is usually translated, it's very hard as someone who doesn't speak Japanese to understand when, like, everyday communication in text in Japanese is supposed to be, like, humorous or tongue-in-cheek. Um, and so I think a lot of times I miss it when statements like this come out i miss the humor in them uh or even in like when you see things like that final fantasy presentation i'm sure that i am missing some of that stuff in translation but in this case it's very clear how how like much they're winking at you with this statement yeah it's so good i, I mean it definitely got yeah. away from them uh it's just everyone you know it's like a bowsette moment almost yeah well but yes. the way that they that oh, it's like a, a bowsette yeah. moment but they're very specifically like they lean in. All right, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nintendo was like, "This is not canon." Well, also, like, I mean, you get it because like Nintendo's like, you know, they're they are aiming for like a family friendly, especially yeah. with like Mario. But here, they're just like, "You want to know how tall she is? Well, here you go." <laughs> it's like, uh, and it's yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> well, uh, so what so I want to know really what sauce she would eat to. you with, she would vor you with. <laughs> I I am very no I am very much looking forward to in like three months when this game comes out and people are playing this game they're all excited and then she turns into some horrible grotesque monster yes. before your eyes like her her yeah. arms and and neck split open and there's like no she it, turns it into like a tentacle some beast nightmare yonic uh, yes. toothed beast yes. uh, turns into be, big yes. the cat there you go. That's it. There we Fucking go. Curious. And, and just Sonic Adventure big, 3, baby. Big sign that says <laughs> Sega bought Capcom. What now? <laughs> you have to play it with one of those stupid fucking arcade sticks they made. <laughs> That's the huge Capcom logo. Uh, uh, yeah. I, cats. And I, I still have been we are to going check to out get, that demo. For our we are, oh, oh, I can play that. You now. can play it now. Yeah. <laughs> Andre's not Fuck yeah. tonight. I am I am so excited now. Oh <laughs> I'm my gonna god. Remember to set it up to download when I go over to also investigate <laughs> oh my god. some DLC thing that I need to look at. Oh yeah, the oh, Neo stuff. Shit, yeah. Um but we're gonna have a, this game is going to be out uh, a week after the Mass Effect remaster, so we're going to have v- Garrus Vicarian mm-hmm. Thirst paired with Lady. Oh man, the, I'm the thirst for it. on uh, it's gonna it's look, just gonna be timeline is gonna be yeah it's gonna Garrus be Garrus is hot, how Lady Petrescu is how hot, tall? they're both over age. 
or, or over How tall age. Is both of age. I'm looking at uh, Garrus's height right now. He's seven Garrus. feet tall, so uh, not bad. He's almost the same height as the You've Home got, Depot yeah. skeleton. <laughs> 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 Look, you got, you got. I you, what, what you want is a Garrus in the streets, Lady Dimitrescu in the sheets. <laughs> and by that, I mean you want a. What did you say? It was seven feet tall. Yeah. You want a seven foot tall <laughs> alien, alien to walk around with you in the street who who like goes through a horrific lizard. transformation and turns into a nine foot six vampire woman <laughs> with large breasts in the sheets. I mean. <laughs> what i always wanted <laughs> uh, the title for this isn't gareth mccarrion in the streets Lady <laughs> <Demis Chukun. laughs> i don't i don't want to do this podcast anymore gareth doesn't even need heels to be seven feet tall because his feet are already shaped like them <laughs> that's right oh that's my right. god this is a long title. Um, <sighs> it is. <laughs> it is a little bit too long. I was saying that. I'm it's like, fine. <laughs> well, speaking of Garrus Vicarian, uh, the Mass Effect <laughs> remaster has a whole bunch of information coming out this month from Game Informer. I think it's over the course of the month. They had like a cover story. They've got a whole bunch of interviews and details. One of which uh, the details is they have unasked mass effects i don't understand uh, why they this, felt the need to point like yeah i, I mean I, like the, the shot, gamers are upset the shot of her ass is very very egregious iconic. it's it's not even it's like iconic, though. It's, yeah. it is yeah. it is it's it's a nice ass care. um who cares i mean like it, it's, but, it's like kind of like you like i remember when i first played the game i was took like out oh, her okay. vagina bones that <laughs> 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 will never not Destroy me. I bet Lady Dimitrescu's vagina bones are enormous. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) Oh god. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Uh, (laughs) Big girl. So, um, anyways. I I remember when people, (laughs) when the vagina bone discourse came out, people mentioned that it has to be sung to the tune of Banana Phone by Ralphie. And I, and that, that, is, that, that is, yes. that, that'll never not make me laugh. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Vagina Another episode of like, I have a lot of fun, but like when Monday comes, they're like, well, how was your weekend? I'll be like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> can't explain anyway. this to you sorry hr no. sorry this is um, not like uh something i can talk about in the office yeah, uh, yeah you haven't said anything offensive no mass effect <laughs> mass effect looks good though the trailers they yeah look good. yeah and i mean i i i still think those games largely hold up for at least from what i remember i mean maybe again that's from my memory but um mm-hmm. i you know and having like a remaster will be nice so i'm really interested oh. I, I i know that the second that comes out i'm like i'll drop everything and play through yeah. it so um, there yeah. yeah, Alex. I like how it has all the DLC except for one. Yes, I was gonna say <laughs> uh, Pinnacle, Station Pinnacle Station for Mass Effect yeah. One has been lost oh, like to time. It, it was lost one. to time. There, oh, I never like, actually. They That's lost the one... like 
you, de- you get like, like shepherd's code degradation stuff, right? or what? Like bit degradation? I don't even know. Oh, maybe uh, oh, they, I'm, I'm, they contacted the people who contracted out, and they were like, "We we don't got it." Oh. Uh, they they did everything they could to try and to get it back, but it just it wasn't yeah. feasible. I'm kind of excited uh, because I actually never played. Uh, I actually never played Citadel, which I I always oh, wanted apparently to. It's amazing. I no, I, I but I but but it's like one of those where the the DLC never went on sale, and I was really stubborn about it. Oh, so Pinnacle yeah. Station's just the like combat arenas. Yeah, it's yeah. not that. Yeah. And, and you yeah. get the Shepherd House. And, and, and who's like specifically like, oh, I want to play this game for the combat. Like, let's let's be real. Mass Effect One. Yeah. Mass no. Effect so, One for the combat. So like that's. <laughs> I would I would say prepare or prepare yourself for some critical reassessments of mass effect when this thing drops. Oh, I bet. I mean, disappointing to some people. <laughs> I mean, it, I think part of, I, I understand that might happen, but at the same time, I'm like, this is such like a cozy yeah. game for me that yeah, I can't yeah, yeah. imagine not loving it. I'm but not, at the same time, like I understand that that's very much a me thing versus yeah. like, I'm not, you saying know, people you re- like not like it. I think like, Oh yeah, no, I get it. It's just, it's going to be, I think there's going to be a lot of discourse around Mass Effect that's going to be frustrating on ev- from every angle of, like, hopefully what we can come away from when the dust settles is, you should, it's okay to love the things you like, and it doesn't matter if people, other people think that they're good or bad. Right. Oh, I totally, <laughs> uh, I bet that that's going to happen. Um, I, I'm just yeah, bracing I, for it is all. No, I, I totally get that. It's just, I, yeah, and... And part of that is like I I know for myself like the reason that I'm I'm gonna definitely get this at launch and play it right away is that I I just love this series but at the same time like you know uh, I know that's not gonna be the case for everybody and I know that's like I want to revisit it to see if the feelings that I have about it have changed over time um, I think I've, I'm sure I've said on the show before but like I love Mass Effect one and then I don't oh yeah care for the i liked mass effect 2 at the time and in my memory i if i don't really want to play it again but i kind of i don't want to play it again for because i like it i want to play it again to see how i feel about it yeah no that'd be interesting if that makes sense Um, yeah well mass effect 2's story is bad it's the 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 story of mass effect 2 is all those side like the character missions yeah i don't know if i would even go so far to say that it's bad i know that i didn't in retrospect i don't even really remember the beats. I just remember the Terminator characters. Baby. Yeah, and I don't know. I did not like the beginning of that game, and etc. Um, but but I'll be interested to see. Uh, I'll, I'll be interested God, to try Terminator, a baby. complete package playthrough of the whole thing because I mm-hmm. never. I played like Mass Effect One on Xbox 360. And I think I save transferred my Mass Effect 1 saved to Mass Effect 2, but then Mass Effect 3 I want to say I played that on a different on PS3 mm. instead, so I couldn't transfer my save, so I had to like do the thing where you rebuild some of your choices or something, mm-hmm. but I, I Yeah, um, I I played them all on PC, but I'm kind of interested to play it on on console now. Yeah, I probably get this collection for PS5 if I get it. Yeah, that's what I I, I think well, I'm probably going to get mine for PS5 too. But well, maybe affecting your decision, Pat, is that mod support is actually being carried over from the previous game. So previous most huh. or many previous mods are going to work with the remaster. They've been cool, working though. with the mod makers oh, to make yeah. sure they still work. So with the I wonder if get Lady Dimitrescu in there. <laughs> 
Yeah, I wonder if people who made mods to make Miranda's ass even bigger, if like, <laughs> the new model kind of cancels the butt size out. Oh, so it'll be like normal butt. Well, yeah. it's not. It, well, no, it's like, not. No, I mean, they didn't, it'll no, be her no, no. butt. Yes, Wait, they didn't yes. do anything to Miranda's ass. They changed some camera angles. Oh, because there were just cameras. There were just shots that were just straight her butt. It was yeah, just, like here's there was like, and then in, here's in, like, like the focus. Oh. choice. And it's like you're talking That's to what people are mad about yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, gamers are fucking. It's like pathetic. <laughs> it's like you're talking <laughs> to Ace Ventura. <laughs> I yeah, thought that they actually changed the model, which would also be a <laughs> ridiculous thing to get mad about. No, just, no, they just they just changed uh, the uh, camera angles. Where are we in society? What? How have we fallen this far <laughs> that anyone gives half a fuck about that? The now I'm are pissed. <laughs> we live in a society that one that should end. Pat is going to become the Joker. I've been Wait, so I got news for thing, you, but I've been the Joker since like March 2020 at this point. And the thing that really tipped it over was Miranda's butt. Well, that's just now the now I'm gonna start operating without the makeup on. <laughs> What's next, <All> Andre? Right. <laughs> well, um, Actually, we got kind of a twofer here. One's not on the list, but uh, the Gearbox classic Battleborn. Um, yeah, is no I longer. I, I hear there's porn of it. Yeah, it's, it's so much better than Overwatch. It is uh, no longer functional. It's been shut down officially. If you, you cannot play me, it anymore. If you told me last week I could still play Battleborn, I would have been like, "Are you serious?" <laughs> yeah, honestly. yeah. No, I was like, "Wait!" I, I saw that and I was like, "Wait!" It, it ha- wasn't that like three years ago. No, it is. Oh, been, it was way more uh, than that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But no, also, I mean, like, wasn't it officially shut down like three years no, ago? Now, like, no, oh. they, they they started to put it into like they're like, we're not updating it anymore. It's basically in yeah like, maintenance mode. Basically, not even maintenance yeah. mode. Just it it is uh, for now. Um, and also, Embracer Group owners of like THQ Nordic and that whole it's situation. Used to be Coach uh, or Co- Cock or whatever media group. They 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 I think absorbed Coke Media. Like it's it's I don't know. Some, it's a weird situation. Like it's it's some big conglomerate uh, that owns a bunch of video game studios and has just been amassing them over time. They purchased um, Gearbox for like three hundred and twenty six million, with yeah. like half of the, half of that being in like stock. And that they can cash in for up to like 1.3 billion or something Which like that. Baffles me that Gearbox could be worth anywhere near that. And Randy Pitchford will be staying on board. And apparently, Yay. Take Two will continue to work with Gearbox on like Borderlands stuff, like support for all that stuff that they have put out. Gearbox uh, is not a very good company. Uh, <laughs> I don't think they, they make really very want good that games. A- Aliens, Colonial Marines. Uh, Money, yeah. It, I, I, apparently, I don't know. But Duke Nukem. <sighs> oh God! What if that's why? Does Gearbox own the Duke Nukem IP? Is that yeah. what it is? They do. Is that why Embracer Group was like? That sounds like played, a t- we're paying one point three billion oh, wait. for Duke Nukem. So, so sorry, they're THQ Nordic and stuff. Does He's that mean the they also fourth own... horseman of the apocalypse? <laughs> they also own Volition, right? So you could have a Saints yeah, Row yeah. game with Duke Nukem in it now. Hmm. You probably could have before. That anyway. sounds like you something that would have come out it, in 2006. 
<laughs> yep. <laughs> oh my god. That I does. don't need in 2021. Yep. Uh well we'll I guess we'll see what happens. Um Ugh. speaking <laughs> of wait wait and see. Overwatch 2 and Diablo 4 <laughs> have been uh, clarified as not coming out in 2021 by Blizzard. I don't know yeah. why people thought that either of those games were going to come out this year. Because they've been Sam announced was pretty for adamant. Like a few years. I think, I don't... S- Sam was pretty adamant. He's like, those are definitely coming out this year. Blizzard has yeah. said so. <laughs> I mean, I, they I don't though. see how Overwatch 2... Like, what, when was, Overwatch 2 was 2019, right? Like announced? No. Sorry? Oh, announced. Uh, uh, they announced it last. Uh, mm, yeah, end of 2019 because it was BlizzCon 2019. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. So like November yeah. 2019 is when it was. Because like, like the way they pitched it, it didn't sound like a mat. Like there's no, new stuff it, in there, but it's not like some massive. Some thing, people so I figured they would be far enough along to like people, a 20, people, 21 release. Some people on this podcast and in the larger Twitter sphere have not been following Blizzard since the 90s, That's true. and it shows. That's true. That's Blizzard always Blizzard takes five to ten years to make games. They they're also not do. that studio. They're not the Blizzard of the nineties anymore. Nothing though, has changed so. about the way they release games, though. Yeah, maybe. Like they, the, the there was there was like even their WoW expansions that always get like six to eight month delays. Like they never hit their well, initial dates. Yeah. Well, look at how they promised StarCraft two. They were like, yeah. okay, uh, yeah. Wings of Liberty is coming out, and then the two expansions are coming out within a year each, and it took yeah. like almost ten years. <laughs> Yeah. Personally, I don't know that I believe that Diablo 4 was even something they wanted to announce when they did. I think that that was something that was like way off and then that they were like, well, we have to say it cuz people are busting down people the doors. Are we're getting death threats, so we should yeah. probably just say it's out, it's coming so that well, people- also the rumor was that was like they were going to show it and then they're like, wait, no, we're not happy with this for whatever yeah. reasons. And it's been very tumultuous. So like with that, like, yeah, it makes sense that that's not to a, me, like a soon game. I know that it's, it's, it would be an enormous thing. And it's not like a small issue, but blizzard games seem so ripe to me. If I was, if I was a up and coming executive at blizzard, I would say, what if we started our own like early access thing? where we put out our games on the battle net launcher in an early access state mm-hmm. because their games take so long to tighten the screws on. It's usually that they just like polish and refine for, for a super long time. And if you, yeah. they could start selling stuff earlier. I mean, and then they wouldn't get shit on for like when Diablo four comes out, like if that game has is a mess, it's going to be a nightmare. But if they put it out in early access and people are like, well, it's not in a great state, but it's going to be worked on for the next couple of years before 1.0. It would yeah. look way better. Yeah, it'd be great if they learned a lesson from like Poe or Grim Dawn or whatever. Yeah, like, like, but they're not. No, <laughs> they, they won't. won't. Of course not. And in some ways, Overwatch One is early access for Overwatch Two. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think they should. Just, I mean, because they always do extensive beta testing. I, I don't understand why they don't just say you can buy the game and get access to it and play it in an early state. It seems like it would make sense to me. Even if they didn't say early access and they're like, Hey, this time we're doing a year long beta where we're Every, working. Everyone at BlizzCon gets a beta key or something. Yeah. They kind of do that anyway, but um, I'm saying more like let people buy it 
early so sure, start sure. making money on it and then there's less but, pressure on the teams to to I mean, to yeah. crunch and, and like yeah. I mean Maybe, that's not how we, yeah. we know you, do, you could do a slow rollout you start everyone at BlizzCon can get in and then you do okay yep. now we're doing like a slow rollout close beta then so okay open beta but like you can you can buy in uh, or something like that um, people love roadmaps these days yeah especially yeah. ambiguous ones <laughs> speaking of roadmaps Apple. Wait, really? Oh. Uh, Apple is uh, some lots of leaks coming out of Apple these days uh, about their like autonomous or their car stuff, electric Cars. car stuff. Probably working from home, just bring yeah, some of maybe. that. Uh, and uh, supposedly, more related to games, uh, they're working on a VR headset with yeah. dual 8K displays. Yeah, for yeah. screens, thousand dollar VR headset. There, well, it's being said yeah. like three thousand. Three thousand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which like, is and apparently it has like a like an upgraded M1 chip from the new MacBooks and uh, stuff like that. Uh, the problem Built is, what what are you going to use this VR headset for? I would have porn? to assume they're yeah. going to. Well, yes, porn, and I would have to assume <laughs> oh, that Harris yes. McCarrion. Uh. Twelve foot tall, simultaneously skeleton. being stepped on by Varys, Dar- Garrus Vicarian and Lady Dimitrescu. Um, yeah. uh, like I would one imagine on each side, so they're like overlaid. <laughs> I would imagine that this is. Um, I mean, Oculus has their own storefront, right? Like, mm-hmm. yep. That that I would assume if you're Apple, you just make your own thing and make it like a Quest, where it's an all-in-one. If they won't, because they're Apple. Mm. If they actually made this thing tra- with inside out tracking in mind and made it a really strong mobile headset that you could yeah. also plug into your PC yeah. then I run mean, it through iTunes <laughs> what I'm saying is if they made it like a quest but yeah. better well apparently that that might be part of it because it's supposed to have like I don't remember the number like 13 lidar sensors or something all around mm-hmm. so yeah. and like really I'm nice sure cameras it's... on the outside too so I'm sure it is a quest in terms of being like a all-in-one headset for mobile, but yeah. I would actually spend a pretty high, pretty significant amount of money if I could get a VR headset that's like fairly future-proofed and that is gonna I can plug into my computer and just yeah. use it with Steam VR. That's the big well, question those, mark, right? Like, yeah, that's, M- they're not gonna do that. <laughs> those M1 but. chips have been performing pretty decently for games, though. Yeah, I just don't think Valve is going to port Half Life Alex to a Apple headset. You know, that's probably, what I'm getting at. Like, probably not. The the because of the way Apple's like economy and storefronts work, you're not going to get the same. Like, I doubt there's going to be a hot dogs, horseshoes, and hand grenades for whatever Apple headset comes out. I, I almost assuredly not, based on uh, yeah. the developers' well, Twitter uh, <laughs> Twitter. Yeah. Oh well, for him, for him, yeah, but like. But for them, but like um, Apple Arcade, you could see some stuff coming to that if there's a VR yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. It's just going to be hard for me to justify spending that much money on something if it's not something I can use on my PC. Yeah, it, yeah, it, that would be a very, very niche product, or like a you buy it for like your business, like realtors yeah, buy realtors, buy yeah. it for that kind of thing. It it would not be like a consumer type product. It would be like a business product from like the sound of this and like that kind of price point. Um, or like, you know, um, 
like Universal Studios, uh, Japan, they do like the VR roller coasters, but they do that with like a mm-hmm. Gear VR and like stick a phone in it. But you know, uh, they could get real crazy and put a the Apple headset on everyone. And uh, if there was an Apple theme park, what would be in it? Halo, I guess. <laughs> marathon. Oh, oh man, you could have like yeah, marathon or Oni. Um, but you could have oh, like fucking rules. That game's so. What was the? It's to have some MECC areas, like just get the educational stuff, get number crunchers or number munchers. You walk in. You're you've got Epcot, but it's just the an iMac, one of like the blue, like the colored the iMac, blue ones. That yeah. You go inside. You go inside. Like, the G two or G three? Uh, I don't even remember. Everyone knows if there was really an Apple ones. theme park, it would yeah. just be a huge white room mm-hmm. that you just walk around in, <laughs> and you have to wear a a turtleneck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, One could argue that their offices is, are basically an Apple theme park. Fair. <laughs> Yeah, their campus. Yeah, yeah, fair. It would. Uh, anyway, next walk the story. Oregon, walk the Oregon Trail. NCAA football is back, baby. I missed this. I yeah, with, we're a football uh, with cast. hit hit Ooh. college football players like Sleeve McDykel, <laughs> Bob Dugnut. <laughs> I I I don't are these actually read. Even are those actually I, I don't know if this Mike is real. Truck. Todd Gonzalez. Are, are these actually real? No, no. Or is this no, from that Key and Peele sketch? No, okay. So here's the thing about NCAA football. Uh, this uh-huh. new from EA is they can use the college, like the mascots, the, the teams, all that. Right. The they cannot use the players. Yeah, I mean, we're still on that. That was what killed it the first time. They cannot use the players. So I was just reading off those fake wait. American names from that Japanese baseball game. Oh, okay. That's what I thought. <laughs> so wait, but don't those games have mod support or mods? So, like that like, custom created characters and stuff like that? So that is yeah, what yeah. happened before. That's why the. So they had characters in the game that were very loosely based statistically on the real players. They didn't have the mm. same names and they didn't look the same. But I think they would generally make them like the same ethnicity to, to, to not like get into real hot water. But otherwise, they, they were not even resembling the, char- the players themselves. I'm sure in some cases there was more overlap. But you sure. can make custom rosters. So what you would do, I played NCAA football every year. I love that franchise. Um, I think it is fucking shitty how college football players get treated. So I have very mixed feelings on the whole industry. But um, yeah, totally. Like, but I, I love exploited. For yes, the I love college football though, um, and I grew up watching it. And, and you know, I have the those dueling like lots of issues with it. Still like the sport. Still like college collegiate athletics. Sure. So what you would do every year is just like you go to. Um, Shit, what is the sports website? There's a sports gaming website that is like the big one. Um, the score? And what's that? The score? No. Um, the, but, but there was always a forum thread that was like some, there was one person that made the like. Oh, updated uh, rosters or something? Updated rosters for the uh, whole league. And then so, you would just download those. Okay. So I had a slight misunderstanding. They can use player names, but they cannot use player likenesses. Okay. Mm. Operation Sports. That's the oh, website. Really? Uh, well, yes. I mean, if the players are getting paid for it. Um, uh, so let's see. 
current NCAA rules prohibit EA Sports from paying players to use their names, images, and likenesses in the game. If those rules are still in effect when the game is released, EA Sports plans to include real details such as team names, mascots, and uniforms, but not anything that would resemble the real... Oh, no. Okay. No, never mind. So so not anything that would resemble the real players on the rosters. So, So, yeah. No, they are using fake... So that was the same problem. Nothing has changed then. So there's no reason... Do they have to go as far out of their way as possible to make them not similar to the real players then? So like if you have like a a, a seven foot tall um, Turian, like do you have to suddenly make like a five foot tall Solarian to like just the opposite? I don't know. That's they didn't go that hard on we, making them well, different. We, we know one thing. It can't be a 12 foot tall skeleton because they're almost <laughs> the same size. So you, yeah. no one would be able to tell. But I, yeah, this is ridiculous because I don't, unless they took out custom roster support. Cause I, what I remember the issue being is that players were like mm-hmm. playing with custom rosters and they were like, yeah. yeah, I'm playing as myself in this video game and I'm not making any money off of it, which is just mm-hmm. obvious, like very much bullshit. Um, uh, so but they don't make money is, off of is, anything, right? No, they yeah, can't. The NCAA forbids them. It is not called NCAA football. It's called EA Sports College Football. It's oh, also, really? <laughs> that, this wow. new game is EA Sports College it, Football. It, it's also important, not that I, I am not uh, trying to correct you, Alex, but like a lot of people do say, well, they get their education for free. It's not for free. They like brutalize themselves. Really they hard. work way yeah, more right. than, than yeah. I worked in college, and I had three jobs at one point. They bring in uh, yeah, so no, much more money I, than like, yes. in many the, states. Their tuition like, is worth. Yes. In, in, yeah, no. In many states, uh, college football coach is the highest paid profession. Yeah. Oh, totally. Uh, I mean, the college that I root for in college football is paying the most highest paid college football coach, and it's, yeah. it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It, yeah. And he's a bad coach. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> Yeah. He makes yeah, uh, six hundred to five thousand dollars per year. How? The total also, value of the contract is like ten million dollars. Yeah. As, as someone, I, I one of my college jobs was working at the uh, football stadium um, during games, and that was a racket because I got paid. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's like they're making so much money, and I was working literally. I was in their um, like luxury suites, and I was working there. Uh, and I got paid minimum wage mm-hmm. and they were not allowed to tip me, even though mm-hmm. if you get, if you worked at the same job at like a professional football stadium, mm-hmm. you got tipped mm-hmm. and you could make decent money. Anyways, that's my like uh-huh. non-football being mad at it. And also like, I, it's like, like, we, like all of the students could have made decent money off of that, even though it was like the worst season of, uh, university of Minnesota football, like by far, like. It was it was not good, but that I was totally off too. What I mean, his six oh five k was is base. He makes like four million dollars a year. Yeah. Oh, oh totally. Because they have like, and that's his he's new pr- he's slash salary. He's a bad coach. Probably no. providing provided with housing and like he was stuff making too. eight million when they first signed him. Like the oh. whole uh, the whole concept Jesus. of like bases is, is wild because yeah. like yeah. I, I know there are people who are like at the start of COVID who are like. 
oh, I'm going to take a big salary cut. It's like, but salary is like the smallest part of your compensation. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, yeah, depending on who you are. Like, depending, yeah. like, and it was like specifically salary like, is my CEOs only compensation. I, exactly, me too, <laughs> me too. <laughs> for, for the yeah. for the ultra wealthy, for yes. the people at yeah. the top of these companies and stuff. It's like anyway. that's like. You know, a Point small being, part of their salary. Anywho, it is bullshit that players can't even pay least, college sports yes. players. Mm-hmm. Well, college especially should be compensated, and they should at least be able to license their likeness to a video game company. Mm-hmm. For fuck's yeah. Sake. Um. And next, uh, we've got Akira Yamaoka, composer for Silent Hill, has teased a new project, uh, supposedly being announced this summer, and he said, "quote." It's the one you've been waiting for. Mm-hmm. I am. Uh, my favorite part about this story is that I was in a video call with one Jeff Davis, friend of the show, and they are, I, I won't put words in their mouth. I don't know if Silent Hill is their favorite franchise, but they are a, I remember like drinking and listening to them deliver lectures on Silent Hill until like four or 5 a.m. when we were in college. Uh, wow. And uh, so I got to give them this news on a call live, and they basically melted into a puddle. <laughs> uh, I am, I am very. There, the problem is there are now multiple Silent Hill like projects people are like waiting for, quote unquote. Like there's Silent Hills, which was going around as a rumor. And then there was yeah. just Sony's making like a Silent Hill like reboot or whatever. Uh, it's probably that. I doubt it's Silent Hills, but maybe. Could know. that be we'll the see. next thing Kojima, Kojima's working on or whatever? That is my. I really. There were some hints and like vague teases, but it's hard mm-hmm. to say. Well, I mean, and also like there's we an established he's... relationship between Kojima and Guillermo del Toro at this point, and. Jinji Ito is like rumored to be working or confirmed wow. to be working with Kojima. Was was cool. going to be at yeah. some point. Maybe is now. I don't remember. So it just well, seems like it. The yeah. orbit of it all, and Sony being the having published Death Stranding, mm-hmm. I feel like Sony is the company that could come in and be like, "Look, this is going to make a lot of money for everyone. Just kiss and make up Konami and Koji Pro. Mm-hmm. Let's sign this deal and make the make the video game." Um, mm-hmm. It just seems like it. All the pieces fit really nicely. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Bring the stay fog. tuned this this summer. Uh, it's, a new Silent Hill on PS5 would mm-hmm. <laughs> imagine very cool. Mm-hmm. Imagine the volumetric fog. Yeah, I think I can't think of a game that I would be more excited about in an 3D games really. 3D games have come full circle like got rid of the fog and now it's back baby <laughs> I yeah yeah Quake 3 Arena 2 uh PS5 and our last news story this week Robert Altman has mm. passed away Robert Altman was the founder, one of the founders one of, of Bethesda. Bethesda, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, from Nothing everything but- I I have seen reported, uh, a great boss, great person. Yeah, what I've seen Just, people talking about very friendly yeah. employees. Well, there's a really great, really great story 
from Megan Sawyer on Twitter at, I think she's ghost underscore girl 13 on Twitter. It's, you know, whatever it's a handle, uh, talking about how in 2003 she started at Bethesda and like one of her first days she went to the lunchroom and didn't know anybody. So she's just like, oh, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna find someone random to sit, sit with. And he, she saw an older man sitting there. And so she just went and had lunch with him and it was Robert Altman. He was just extremely nice, like down to earth, like just sitting there with the rest of the company, conversing with her, who's just like second, first, second day as a QA person, just, you know, talking with the people of the company. And my, yeah. Uh, yeah. My understanding has been for, if you watch like documentaries about Bethesda, they seem like a place that is still maintaining a very like, um, sort of small business atmosphere and friendly mm-hmm. atmosphere among everyone knowing each other and stuff like that. It's very cool. And I'm sure he was a big part of why that culture existed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with that type humble. of culture, you need, it needs to start from the top. Yeah. Um, and, and like the second that a, an executive is like kind of creates something different, you know, it, it'll, it'll stick. So I, I, I Yeah. It's not Altman specifically, but part of the, one of the, the many one of the reasons that I hold Bethesda near and dear, even though um, sometimes their games have been misses for me uh, in more mm-hmm. recent years, is like when I I was an Elder Scrolls super fan when I was high school aged, and when I was like sixteen, I found Pete Hines's email address. <laughs> I think it was buried somewhere on a page on Zenimax's oh. like corporate site. And so I emailed him and was like, hey, I really want to work for Bethesda. What should I go to college for? And he emailed me back and he was like, go for wherever you want. I can set you up with an internship to start this summer if you want. And I was like, oh, I'm 16. He was like, okay, well, email me again in two years. And then those two years, over the next couple of years, Bethesda kind of blew up. And I think he was no longer able to take as many emails from random kids emailing him. But I just remember at the time, I didn't think anything of it because I was just like, whatever, I'm contacting a person, they're going to email me back because I was high school age and just thought that's how it worked. But yeah, no, looking back as an adult, you're like, dang, that's yeah. Yeah. You look at your unread email and you go, I am ashamed of my words. and deeds." Well, I'm not high enough up in my company to get any emails like that, but, but, but it, it, it was a really cool thing. And I think it speaks to like the kind of culture that the people that founded that company tried to impart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it sounded like he was that way throughout his, all the years there. So, yeah, it's a definitely big loss for the company and for games. Seventy five, yeah, seventy four, seventy five, somewhere around there. Um, yeah, and on that bit of a bummer news story, that's gonna do it for this week. Uh, that's episode one fifty eight of the Gaming Fix podcast on February sixth, twenty twenty one. You can find the podcast wherever fine podcasts are hosted and caught. Spotify. Uh, I don't know. You're listening to this. I don't know. You, you figure out where to catch it. It's an RSS feed. <laughs> Fix.space to see to find the RSS feed. Uh, to see some reviews. I got a review of what was Yakuza Like a Dragon was the last one I did. I'm going to write a review with a medium this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the other things you can find Comic Fix, our comic podcast where Wait. people are breaking down Andre. WandaVision. Yeah. Didn't you review Hitman? 
I did review Hitman. That's a thing I reviewed. There we go. I, I couldn't remember. I did review Hitman. You can read that on the site. Uh, that went up this week, I believe. Was it? Yeah, it must have been this week. Yeah, it was this week. I don't even remember. I was on Comic Book Fix this week. Well, that will yeah. come out in the coming week. Next week. What, what, what do we got coming in the next week, Pat? Uh, well, we talked about WandaVision some more. Um, mm-hmm. Jeff Davis joined us, and we had a three-person cast. It's normally a two-person show, but they were very excited about the WandaVision stuff. I won't spoil WandaVision for anyone. Are you talking about this, this show? Newest episode? Yes, the newest or, episode. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the newest episode. I heard about, pretty cool. I heard, a, I heard about there's a specific cameo that happens, and it sounded yeah. interesting from what I, I pretty read. Pretty cool. About I would recommend if you like superhero movies, you should watch yeah. WandaVision. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I haven't watched this good. week's episode yet, but it is a good show. And do, you, do you know the the? No, the, I mean, I'm, I'm not like, tell you. I'm not no, tell don't you. tell me. I was <laughs> like, I'm excited for you. I'm excited for you. Yeah, to see what, what no, happens. It's I, very good. Yeah, I was going to watch it yesterday, but Disney Plus was having issues on my don't TV, look so at I didn't. Twitter. But I, yeah, yeah I, th- I think it'll be good for you specifically, Allison. I will see. I, I don't want to get your hopes up too much. <laughs> I got spoiled, and then I was still surprised when I saw. It's very cool, though. Um. Yeah, uh, seems cool. I'm going to tell you it is not Agent Carter related. <laughs> well, you get yeah. too excited. Uh, it's like it's like, hey, FYI, let's uh, fix uh, Endgame and oh, fix but, uh, what I they wanna... did to Agent Carter, and I'd be like, huh. you know, it does not do it. Does not, no, not I knew they wouldn't do that. Uh, I, wa- but... I want a WandaVision Riverdale crossover. Oh yeah, uh, I I oh, might watch the Riverdale this weekend. And now that um, we, we've talked, this. we also talked about uh, the first issue of. Uh, the current run of Venom, uh, because the current big Marvel event is centered around Venom and a Venom villain. And if you, whether or not you like Venom, you should read Donnie Cates's Venom run because it's fucking wild. Okay. <laughs> they give Venom a crazy space mythology. Uh, and it's cool. You can catch that's, that on Wednesday. That's comic fix. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. find that on fix.space or in your podcatcher of choice if you head over to podchaser.com slash gaming fix you can leave us a review uh, and you can find the podcast on twitter at fix podcasts which at gaming fix right is that twitch mm-hmm. yep. right, okay good there we go. for Got games. It. allegedly Allegedly, but sometimes people be like carving canoes or playing piano. Watch Brock's at uh, Brock's H. Yeah, uh, you can find me, Andre Cole, aka your partner's favorite pasta variety, on Twitter at Coolslaw C O O L S L four W, where I've got to find this clip of L- Lupin from Netflix and share it with the world. Because it is one of the best, most ridiculous clips of a TV show using a non-multiplayer game as a multiplayer game I've ever seen. Oh, yeah, you uh, mentioned so, that. <laughs> yeah, uh, so I need to share this with everyone. I'll do that right after this episode, uh, right after we finish here. Uh, Allison, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at W-R-I-T-E-R-S-E-R-E-N-Y-T-Y. And Pat? KFC dating sim crosses over with Resident Evil Villages big tall vampire lady yeah it does uh, you can find you can find me at pjc place playing the kfc day just so. rolling that oh my that god i'm like there's <laughs> two and alex where can people find you i don't know 
You can find Sam, who had to. <laughs> you can find Sam, who had to go embrace his uh, his young child and his muscular arms at SGCH for parenting purposes. Uh, and uh, that's uh, what I'm just. You you made it weird. You laughed. Uh, thanks to Jeff Davis for creating our theme song. Uh, you hear at the podcast and probably hearing it right now. Probably. Hopefully and you're let it, no longer hearing us. Stay wet, gamers. You <laughs> get wet in Valheim all the time. How? Whenever it rains, you're just wet. Oh. Makes your stamina regenerate slower. Let me jump in the water and get wet. You can't sleep while you're wet. Same. True. <laughs> Stand by a fire, you dry off faster. Same. All, yeah. I relate. Realistic. I relate to this about as much as I related to Wide Ocean Big Jacket. Which is a lot? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.